Hello guys and welcome back to the Raspberry podcast. Um, you can hear how echoey this is. This is the first time I'm using the uh, my new microphones in my new studio to record. However, it has not yet been acoustically treated. So it sounds like I'm in some sort of grand <laughs> castle hall uh, in some massive room. But I'm not. I'm in a, an, I'm actually a very small room, but there's just a lot of echo off the walls. Um, so hopefully that'll be sorted by next time. Uh, anyway, today I am joined by um, Ashley Williams who most people in the UK will know is a uh, very, very, he was at the time that he got it, um, I believe until recently, was the UK's youngest ever black belt. Um, I think he got it at 22 years old, which is very young. And um, he is one of the most active, uh, you know, definitely up there, uh, if not the active uh, adult black belt competitor that the UK has produced. Uh, he has competed all over the place. He's had a lot of, lot, lot of success. He's competed on EBI twice. Um, so uh, he's a very, very experienced competitor and he's also a uh, coach as well. So um, I really enjoyed this conversation with Ash. We kind of, um, it's interesting because we have a, a sort of a similar story. We started training jiu-jitsu at the same sort of age. We got our black belts at a similar-ish age, you know, both relatively young. And we're both full-time jiu-jitsu people now. Um, but then we have a lot of differences as well. Obviously, you know, I, I was a similar size to him when we started, but I am now a lot heavier than him. He is a lot more active a competitor than I am. And we kind of had different philosophies. We agreed on a lot of things and we disagreed on a lot of things. And we covered a huge number of uh, topics today. So I really, really enjoyed the conversation. I really look forward to getting Ash back on another time. And, uh, I hope you guys enjoy listening. Check it out. Okay, Ash. So first, uh, thank you very much for coming down. This is the first ever episode I'm recording out of the studio. What do you think of it? Um, that's a, it looks like a work in progress, but <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm sure when... Uh, no one can see this. You meant to say like it's incredible, it looks really good. Oh, for sure, yeah. Oh, Dan's got it down up here, yeah. It's, it's uh, like it's very good. There's like a two foot tall box of cardboard <laughs> in the corner. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so it's a little bit echoey. I haven't treated it acoustically yet, but um, I'll get down to it. So, yeah, I just wanted to say um, thanks for you for coming on. Um, you know, I've kind of got a list that I'm going to start working through now. I've got the, the studio. It's a lot easier for me to um, to get these episodes out. Actually, I, usually when I'm getting in the car to come and like pick one, up one of the guests, I'm like packing the car up with all of my stuff. So I need like all the mics, the headphones, my laptop, all the stands, like duct tape, everything. So I got in the car today and everything was already here. And I just had that feeling like I'm missing something because oh, I'm not having to do anything. But yeah, it's pretty cool. So um, firstly, do you want to tell us a little bit about you? So kind of give us, um, I usually like to start with how you got into jiu-jitsu. And, yeah, yeah, you know, because, yeah. you know, obviously most people who know who you are um, will know that you are the youngest ever UK black belt. Um, I, th- I think I was at the point when I got it. So uh, is Brad, was Brad I, younger than you? I when believe Brad Hill now is younger than me. Yeah, yeah. When, when he got it. Yeah. Um, okay. How old, how old were you when you got your black belt? Uh, I, I just just turned twenty two. Okay, yeah. so Brad's. I think he was twenty one. Gonna turn twenty two like two weeks later. Oh really? Yeah, so it was it was pretty close, you know. But he's a super good guy. Are so, you annoyed uh, by that? No. Really? Well, that's a good time I have, isn't it? So, <laughs> dude, I um at the time that I got my black belt, I was not the youngest black belt by six days. <laughs> Who, who's younger than you? James Cooper. 
who's oh, a friend yeah? of mine. Yeah, and we've kind of got oh, a belt oh, at the from, si- um, from RGA. RGA, yeah. yeah, another one. Yeah, so he beat me by literally six days. Yeah, because he posted the other day about he's the youngest first degree black belt. Yes, yeah. yeah. So I'm pretty sure when I get my first degree, I'm going to post. Yeah, yeah exactly, <laughs> yeah, until yeah, Brad yeah. gets his first the, degree. Yeah, the black belt. I'll be the uh, second youngest first degree by six days. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> so, nice. so like you're allowed to say that it's kind of irritating, but at least you had that title for a couple of, you know, maybe a year or so. Yeah, it was cool. It was nice. Yeah. You know, that, that's, that's pretty cool, man. So yeah, kind of tell me how you got into... Um, was Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu the first art that you did? No, no. So I, um, as a kid, I like trained in uh, a few things. I did like all sports. So I loved doing like anything you could get me to do. Uh, but my dad was doing uh, like Japanese traditional okay, Jiu-Jitsu yeah. at the time. Um, so uh, me and my brother, I got a twin brother. We trained together from like four till about 14, 15 and then got our black belts in that. Uh, on and off of course you know as, yeah. you, as you are when you're a kid yeah um, but so how old were you when you got your black belts in Japanese jiu-jitsu I think it was 15 or 16 is that really young um, obviously it's not the same as jiu-jitsu it, when there's yeah, like a minimum limit, limit but no as in you know it's not a karate black belt where yeah, you, you see something like 8 year old you know yeah, yeah. Um, but I do believe like we worked hard you know to, sure. to get them and uh, uh, it felt good at the time yeah. um, and I think until until you kind of do Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, I don't think a lot of people understand uh, kind of where the level is at, you know. And yeah. it's, it's easy to say out loud. Uh, that you're a black people, belt. Yeah, it's easy for people to shoot it down as well. You yeah. go like, oh, a black belt's just a black belt. Yeah. So like, well, oh. that, that's kind of the, one of the best things about Jiu-Jitsu is how hard it is to get any belts, let alone just a black belt. 100%. But also it's kind of annoying because you go... You know, you, you'll be like a world champion or, you know, like a na- international level brown belt who's full time, who's an instructor, who's, you know, international level. And someone will go, you know, we'll be talking about you doing jujitsu and you'll say you're a brown belt. And they go, oh, but my, my oh, niece is, my niece oh, is nine sure. and she's a black belt. Nah. Well, that, that's, well, that's crazy stuff because when I started doing jujitsu, yeah. uh, I was like 14 at the time, yeah. just turning 15 and I wanted to compete. Mm. So in Japanese jujitsu, they don't. Yeah. And my coach said at the time, oh, go try Trish's Academy in Swansea. Uh, it's Brazilian jujitsu Academy. And uh, Chris at the time was actually a purple belt. Uh-huh. So the next day in school, like I went into all my friends and I was like, oh man, I went into BJ last night. It was fantastic. And they're like, oh, what was your coach like? And I was like, oh, he's, he's awesome. He's a purple belt. And they're like, purple belt? Is yeah. it, it's like three belts in. And I was like, yeah. oh, you have no idea. <laughs> exactly. I was like, I was like exactly. you go roll with him. You yeah. see what it's like. And I, yeah. I couldn't believe it, you know? Yeah. When, you know, I, I kind of always tell the story, but when I started training, Nick was a blue belt. You know, my instructor, uh, Nick Brooks yeah, yeah, was a blue yeah. belt. And, um, which is the first belt in jiu-jitsu, as everyone knows. But yeah. he was like a fucking encyclopedia, you know? I was, 100%. I, I, I was about the same age when I started training. I was about 14 or 15 when I started training. I also came from a Japanese jiu-jitsu background, oh, okay. but unlike being a black belt, I had trained for like six months. So oh, okay. <laughs> I wasn't quite to your level. Um, and uh, yeah, so Nick was a blue belt and I thought, I was about 14, 15, and I thought, fuck, when, by the time I'm 20, I want to be a blue belt. You know, that's the sort of, that's, yeah, that's, yeah, the, yeah, that's, yeah. that's the level. Kind oh, 100%. Of. The, I agree, a, yeah. a blue belt in jiu-jitsu, Brazilian jiu-jitsu is very, I would say is very similar to a black belt in a lot of other martial arts. Yeah. Uh, in ter- so, in so terms yeah, of just competence. Certainly a high blue, yeah, like 100%. Yeah. I totally agree, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so go on. So you get into Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Um, so I did my first day as, as anyone does. Um, and I kind of like, Chris had a no kids policy at the time in the Alps class so we kind of like begged him and said oh please we'll try our best me and my brother just train together we won't be you know sure. uh, a nuisance we'll just stay at the side and we'll just kind of do what we can and what, what sort of weight were you when you were 14 years old uh, I, th- I was sub 50 kilograms yeah. I think I was fighting because that, that's the thing the like um, even nowadays 
it's there's there's always that really awkward period between the kids classes moving up into the adult classes. Oh, for sure. And yeah, a lot of the time, sure. you know, you'll have some, some kid came into the class the other day, he was 13 years old, but he was like six foot and about 80 kilos. And you're like, you know, parents are feeding their kids these days. Cause yeah. we got a bunch of them down with us as well. <laughs> Cause I was, I was like a similar sort of weight. I was about 50 kilos when I started. Yeah. <laughs> you're not 50 yeah. kilos now. Which is kind of something we're going to talk about later, which is, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, you know, we, we, we have a similar origin, but you, you, you know, what weight are you now? Uh, I still find the feather. Yeah, That's so sixty. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I work on sixty-eight kilo, kilos. Yeah, you? yeah, and then I'm like about ninety-five kilos yeah, now. Yeah. So there was a big difference there. We want to talk about later, but you know, it's a hard thing that transitioning from the kids' classes into the adult classes oh, is always sure. difficult. Yeah, yeah. So you know, we, we like we like always try our best. So Chris, was like, yeah, okay, give it a go. Uh, at the time, there's only two classes a week. You know, as a, a lot of gyms were back at back uh, yeah. seven eight years ago, and uh, Chris actually phoned my instructor after class. And said, "Oh, they were they were good, um, so I, I let them continue doing the arts classes." And for me, that time I was like, "Man, that's such a cool compliment, yeah. you know? Like, I, I'm soul game." Mm. Um, I woke up the next day, and I was like, "Man!" And she came upstairs. She's like, "What's the matter? I can't I, move. I can't move." <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "Man, like nothing's working." And she was like, "What?" And I was like, "I can't go to school. I, I can't go to school. No way." That sounds like the greatest but, excuse. But to skip my, their school. My biology teacher um, in school was. It was training at the time okay. in my gym. That's useful. Yeah. So I obviously missed that day. I went the next day and he was like, where were you? And I was like, what do you mean? Where was I? I couldn't move anything. <laughs> like I couldn't get to school. Not a chance. Yeah. Um, but only, I think that only happens the first time. Sure. I, you know, I think every class is tough at 100%. But yeah, think, but when you're that age, you adapt to it so quickly as well. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I did for sure. Yeah, I loved it. You know, as soon as I could do it, like I went back, I think two weeks later, and I was like, when's the first competition? Yeah. And they were like, oh, like two weeks time. And I was like, let's do it. <laughs> and, like, I just loved it from day so one. You, I guess, what amount of groundwork did you come into your first Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu class with from Japanese Jiu-Jitsu? Because uh, like, obviously, there's a lot of technique stuff, but the big problem with a lot of the Japanese Jiu-Jitsu is there isn't the same amount of sparring, so you don't get the test. 100%, tested. yes, yes. So yes. Is, was it for like, when you went to a Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu class for the first time, you were actually just finally able to do the techniques that you knew, but had never got the chance to really practice in a live situation? Um, kind of, but at the same time, it's very similar to... Maybe now I would teach a guard pass that I love and that's got a high percentage. Um, but like seven years ago, I would have thought a guard pass I love or I would have seen a guard pass that I really liked. Yeah. And those two techniques could not be sure. more different sure. now. Yeah. Um, and I think that was the same between traditional or Japanese jiu-jitsu and Brazilian is the fact that the in-depth amount Brazilian jiu-jitsu was doing groundwork they were so far ahead mm. of how kind Japanese of schools were doing them, you know? The most advanced Japanese jiu-jitsu ground techniques are like the most, absolutely most basic. 100%, and, and yeah. I yes. think one of, the, one of the big differences between, I think one of the things that make Brazilian jiu-jitsu so different from a lot of other grappling martial arts or martial arts that involve some form of grappling is the level of detail it breaks down into. Precisely, you yeah. Know, so like, they, they may have, you know, judo has arm bars, but they won't worry about breaking that armbar down into the same amount of detail as a good Brazilian jiu-jitsu class. No, no, I, I totally agree. So yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of, it's almost like a judo groundwork or Japanese jiu-jitsu groundwork is almost pixelated, if you know what I mean. Yes. Opposed yeah, yeah. to like Brazilian jiu-jitsu is almost high definition. 100%. You know? 100%. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, so so that, that was for me one of the interesting things because, you know, same thing, like I did do, we did some armbars and we, you know, when I first started... Um, at Mill Hill Jiu Jitsu, it was a Japanese Jiu Jitsu club. 
Yes, of course. Yeah, and yeah. but Nick at that time, who was a who is a like a fourth degree Japanese jiu-jitsu black belt, at the time had decide, had already started Brazilian jiu-jitsu, had got his blue belt under Roger, and had decided that he never wanted to do any Japanese jiu-jitsu again. So I'd be going to classes under the other instructor there and nick and chris hearn would be in the corner rolling around on the floor yes know? so yeah, and then i was I've like what, the, year, yeah. what you know what the fuck is that shit so um uh and and then so so i kind of when the main instructor left and nick took over he didn't immediately make it a brazilian jiu-jitsu academy it was like a, about a year so like people ask me how long i've been training for and the answer is it's not really black and white so like nowadays you come into a jiu-jitsu academy and you start training Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Yes. Simple as that. Well, I started training Brazilian jiu-jitsu, but it wasn't Brazilian jiu-jitsu, if you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. I was yeah. doing throws into a little bit of grappling. You know, every yeah, yeah, two yeah. weeks we'd do a sparring from the ground. and You know, we'd do a bit of knife defense and stick defense and stuff like that. So yes. it's kind of, for, for a while as well, for about, I would say about si- at least six months, it could be even longer, it was very much a hybrid style before Nick just one day turned around to me and said, fuck this shit, we're turning it into a full jiu-jitsu academy. You know, Brazilian yeah, jiu-jitsu yeah, academy. Yeah, yeah. So um, it, it, it kind of, merged into that quite slowly I, I quite agree with um, like what you said about the do you know like people say to me oh, how long have you been training yeah and I'm like well like you walk through the door now uh, and we offer you like 30 40 exactly. classes a week yeah. you know yeah. and you're you're 18 so yeah. you know your uh, physical attributes your mental attributes are a lot further developed than yeah. I was when I started yeah when I was 14 I just wanted to come and scrap yeah. I just wanted to come down get a workout scrap with some people yeah go home come to the next one and exactly. do the same thing. Yeah. You know, I wasn't thinking then like, oh man, I got to take everything in. I got to absorb all this information, you know? Yeah. Um, so when people go like, oh, you've been training for like nine years. I'm like, oh, but the first three was twice a week. Exactly. That, that, that's that's not a crazy amount, you know? Yeah. And, and, and that's kind of like a really good um, point, which is, you know, I've been, I've been training for about 11 years. Yep. But for the first four of those, there were two classes a week. Yep. You know, so like, the, the the amount of you know we have, we have guys coming in who are training you know we have, I have some students that have been training for three or four months but they train twice a day six days a week <laughs> you yeah. know the the number of hours of the of pure jujitsu they've done was the equivalent to about a year of what I'd done I just you know it all the time man yeah yeah, yeah for sure it's, I, very, I think it's, it's a big thing as well big yeah. big factor you know yeah absolutely you know it's a big difference it, it, people can get a lot more immersed in Brazilian jujitsu than they could when both of us started training. For sure. It wasn't the, sure, the yeah, opportunity. Yeah. There weren't barely any full-time jiu-jitsu academies because there weren't enough exposure of the sport to get enough people in to no, not at all. have full-time instructors. Uh, you know, we, we feel uh, like 15, 20 guys on the mat. Yeah. Like, that would be like, unbelievable. That's a big you know? We would be yeah. so excited about that, you know? Yeah. But now if we get 15 guys, we're like, where's everyone? Yeah. You know? And so I, the, the sport's evolved so much yeah. since uh, since the start. So kind of mo- moving forward a little bit, I guess after that you were just, you know, kind of similar to me, I guess, which is you were just, you know, fell in love with Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and kind of made that your thing and was training it as much as you can. How long did it take you to get to Black Belt? Uh, well, that was the thing, because it was like two classes a week. Yeah. Um, you know, the other nights I was still doing like rugby, football, sure. gymnastics for my for my county. Oh, nice. Um, wow. Yeah, mixing everything up, you know. So you, you, you were very athletic from a young age. Um, like I, I, I'm quite academic. Sure. Um, as in like in school, I was like an A student, you uh-huh. know. Um, You're rubbing this in my face now. I loved. <laughs> I was I, not an A student. Okay. Well, I, well, I was predicted A's all the time, but sure. I kept on jujitsu instead. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, 
But I just, but I loved sport. Yeah. Unfortunately, I was not, wasn't the biggest guy. Yeah. You know, so like, I wasn't like crazy athletic. Sure. Um, so like, do not play rugby. Mm. Like, man, I'm getting flattened. You know, for sure. Like, I was a skinny little kid. Mm. Like, I'm, I'm not going far, you know, but I used to enjoy it. Um, and then every time the new jiu-jitsu class was added, so we went from two to three, I would drop a different sport. Sure, yeah. So, so like, yeah, yeah if, you know, every time... The, was, the ratio started to change as yeah. the gym started to get a little so bit like bigger. So, like, it got to the point where, like, uh, the gymnastics squad I was, I was part of, they said, oh, do you want to join the, 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 the county squad, you know? And I was like, what, what's that entail? And they were like, oh, well, you got to train uh, eight times a week, blah, 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 blah. And I was like, no, thank you. Yeah. I'll see you later. Yeah. I'm going to do jiu-jitsu, you know? Yeah. I just quit down the spot. And as time went on, I just kept doing that, you know? So, um, I think I spent roughly... Uh, about two years at, at every belt, you know, so it was, it was about seven, half, eight years. To which, which, to, you know, even back then when there weren't as many classes, that isn't very long. No, it's not terribly long, but it's I, not I, a very long time. I don't think, you know, I didn't blast through them. Um, I think for me, like the main thing, which uh, I think from my evidence is that like, and my competitive record kind of backed up my yeah. promotions, you know, which, which I, was really important to me. I, I didn't want to be just, you can't be young. I don't feel you can be young and be promoted. Um, just from being yes, on the mats. Yes. I think that's a bit crazy because... Yeah, if you're young, if you're getting... Well, if you're going to be, very simply put, if you're going to be the youngest black belt in the country, there better be a fucking reason for it. Precisely. Yeah, you yeah. Know? I, I totally agree. I totally and agree. And I, I think whenever, you know, the youngest, whenever there's anything which is kind of the, the, either the youngest or the fastest or whatever get into black belt, everyone's going to turn around and go... Why? Why is that person the youngest? Why yeah. is that person the fastest? Why is that person skipped a bit? You know, whatever reason, you need to be able to turn around and go, well, I fucked up everyone in every competition that I went to. So yeah. kind of, let's uh, move on to that. Like, you are probably one of the most competitive, actively competitive adult black belts we have in the country. Um, I, I would like to think so, yeah. yeah. That I, like, um, possibly, I don't know about the, the competition record itself, but I, I'm sure I'm... Uh, as active as I possibly can be, you know. Um, but there can't be much for you in the UK. Well, that's actually the biggest problem. Yeah. As in, th- th- that's precisely the reason. And I gotta go travel to compete. Um, not because I want to always go and travel to compete, it's because... You don't I have just, a choice. I, yeah, I want to compete, though. Yeah. I want to be on the mats fighting the best guys I can be fighting. I do get messages quite frequently, like, oh, do you want, do you want this fight in the UK or this fight in the UK? And just super fights. Yeah, but yeah. it's usually just like a, a purple belt or a guy who's just been on no gi for some time. And I'm like... I find, I don't think that's very fair. No? Yeah, no, this this is like a thing that people need to understand, which is um, when it doesn't matter how good the purple belt is, it doesn't matter how good the brown belt is, it doesn't matter how good the MMA fighter is. You're putting them in a grappling fight against a black belt. Yep. The black belt has nothing to gain from that situation. That is precisely my point. You've you got, know, you've it's, got it's everything a, to lose, nothing to gain. And 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 every time someone, you know, when 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 you fight and when I fight. The reason, what is pushing that person to fight? The, what's pushing us to fight is you're trying to gain something from that. You're trying 100%. to gain either exposure, you're trying to raise your profile up. Yes. You're always looking to take the next step up on the ladder. Yeah, Whether that's sure. fighting from the English to the Europeans to the Pan Ams to the Worlds to EBI, you know, you're always trying to move up. When someone comes in and go, we have a really good purple belt, you go, that was like 10... Yeah, ten oh, steps on the ladder ago. I just go, well, yeah. Well, that purple belt can keep enjoying exactly. competing that purple belt. Yeah, against yeah. other purple belts. Yeah, I agree. You know, I think there there are definitely. It's not quite as black and white as we're making out, but I totally understand what you're saying. It isn't that they're, they're just. 
you, you get put in a you know I, I I've been I don't know if you ever had this um, I've been offered fights with women before you know yeah and I'm not talking about recently I'm talking about when I was okay 16 15 16 17 years old when I was small and I was kind of the same yeah, I was yeah, a, yeah. you know I was a small yeah, kid yeah, yeah, yeah. so um, my first ever fight and I've told this story on the here before but my first ever fight was against a girl. It was against Emma Baker at uh, the Hereford. No like, way. Hereford Open number one. That is brilliant. You know, you know Emma? Of course yeah, I know yeah. Emma Baker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Emma yeah. Baker was my first ever jiu-jitsu well, fight. Well, that is the best thing ever. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, you know, and, and, and first off, you know, I, was, I didn't know beforehand. I was maybe 14 or 15. Yep. And I'm warming up and, you know, they say first put. And this was like, people don't realize how different jiu-jitsu tournaments were back then. There Fights was, off the knees and everything. There was fight, <laughs> yeah. I, and I've told this before, so people who listen to it would have heard it, but if you haven't, it was off the knees. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was a, a submission did not win the fight. Oh, shit, no. What? <laughs> <laughs> That's before me then, because yep. not the sub end of the fight when I, was, when I started. A, uh, the second one they did, a submission ended the fight. But the first one they did, it was, it, I don't even think it was called like a jiu-jitsu competition. It was a ground fighting competition. Okay, yeah. You know? So a submission didn't end the fight. A submission would get you five points. Nice. And the first person to 10 points would win the fight. So either you could, you know, take down guard pass, mount, back, you know, and you'd, yeah, you'd yeah, win. Yeah. Or you could submit them twice. You know, or kind of any combination of those okay, two. Yeah, yeah. And I'm warming up and, um, yeah, so like that, yeah, and this was like, it was just one map. <laughs> Please tell me Ella Baker beat you in this fight. Uh, she did not beat me in this fight. Uh-huh. Okay. But, but she didn't, I would say that she didn't beat me in this fight because it was the hardest I've ever fought in my life. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there was no way I was kind of, um, they called Daniel Strauss, uh, to, to, to fight, uh, start warming up um, and against Emma Baker and I go against who <laughs> you know I hear this girl's name I'm like what the hell and, and Emma's warming up behind me who I think she's like pretty similar age to me but she is yep. she looked pretty she had a game face on you know she's got a very good game face yeah you know she I had know, a game yeah, face yeah. on and I was like genuinely first I was like I don't want to fight a girl you know because I'm, sure, yeah. I'm a man you know I gentlemanly yeah, yeah. and then suddenly it became holy shit what if this girl beats me <laughs> yes <laughs> you know I really like this sport I really want to try and go as far as I can in the sport. I'm really enjoying it. If I get my ass kicked by a girl in my first ever jiu-jitsu competition, that's, I'm done. Well, I was going to say, if I ever beat you, we probably wouldn't have this conversation we, we, right now. We you would not carry I wouldn't jiu-jitsu. know who you were. You wouldn't know who I was. That would have been it. Um, and so, so I managed to win that fight. But I got off. That was the only time I've actually fought a girl competitively. Okay. But I got offered it um, another time uh, when I went to a, um, I think it was a feeler. Do you remember feeler? For me, I think. It was like the... Um, I've been training for a couple of years and it was kind of an American organization that was put in together. They were held, uh, holding trials in different countries and then they would send those athletes to go and compete in this feeler. It's like a wrestling thing. I think I have it. But they yeah, were doing yeah, a grappling yeah. version of it. And I went to this tournament and I, I didn't go to compete. I went to watch. Right. And I walk in through the door and I can't remember who the organizer was. And the organizer said to me, Daniel, you want to fight? And I was like 14, 15 years old. Yeah, yeah. I was like, yeah, fuck yeah, why not? I mean, for sure, yeah, yeah. And um, I think I don't even think I was. I, I don't know whether I was sixteen in a blue belt at the time, or whether I was. Yeah, I think I was sixteen in a blue belt, or because if I was fifteen, I was a white belt still. Yep. And um, I went into this tournament, and they were. Quite, it was pretty badly organized, and they start trying to find the divisions, and they had like Rosie Sexton and Kathy Kathy Givard, I think, in these divisions. They're like, Daniel, we're going to put you in with these girls. Nice. And I was like. I don't want to fight these so girls. Surely can't be happening because they're, again. Fu- they're fucking good. 
you know <laughs> like because what it kind of came to this tournament was it was kind of just a showcase you yeah, know yeah, yeah. A, you know a long time ago qualifiers weren't quite as official as they are these days you go to a qualifier these days you well some of them not so much but for the majority of them you go to them you win your tournament you get to go to to the next round or whatever but in the old days they kind of had already picked out who was going you know yeah and then the tournament was there to showcase the people who, who they picked that they're the right people to go yeah so they were i was just going to be i was going to be cannon fodder for, yeah, for the girls that they'd already picked. yeah 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 and um, you know who saved me? And I'll never, I'll never forget this. Simon Hayes came in and he said, no. Well, that's okay. Yeah. And, yeah, and yeah. you know, like Simon, I don't, I'm pretty sure Simon didn't know me very well at all at the time. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, he didn't owe me anything. I wasn't made, you know, I'm good friends with Simon now, but I wasn't at the time. And, and, and I'll never forget that because I was fucking relieved when he, when he came in. He said, I don't want to see that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. It's like, uh, holy yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's cool. And I ended up getting my ass whooped by uh, Tom Barlow. <laughs> like, he'll that, That's fair enough. Yeah, man. That, that. <laughs> I think I'm pretty sure he heel hooked me when I was like 50, 16 or 17. So what, I appreciate that. What, uh, what belt was Tom at the time? He must have been a purple or a brown. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, Because yeah. um, there was like no, it was, oh, no, no yeah, there was yeah. no experience divisions. It was just... Yeah, well, yeah. I'm pretty sure I was in a tournament in Hereford yeah. when Nick Brooks was fighting. Yes. I swear down, he was, was in it, my it division. It was no gi, right? Yeah, no yeah, gi. Yeah, 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 that's one, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. I like, um, I, I was kind of like, if I win my match now, yeah. uh, and my coach was like, this guy over there, like, hey, man, he's really good. Yeah. And I was like, thanks for that. That's, that's great. <laughs> that's great information, you know? And everyone's like, no, no, this guy's going to be going to just wipe yeah. the floor of this division. Yeah. Uh, he obviously did. Yeah, <laughs> he yeah. did, yeah, Nick, Nick did at the time. Um, but back then, you know, it was literally just like, who wants to enter? Yeah, go on, crack on, just mm. jump in the mix. And uh, yeah, so I've been in those situations. Like, yeah, yeah you know, crazy, they, they, yeah. they just wasn't, because there wasn't the depth of um, official belts, No, no you couldn't really yeah, split yeah, yeah. it into divisions. It was just no. people who grapple yeah, or go yeah. into this division, yeah, you know? Yeah, like yeah, even the, the, that first, um, I think the second Hereford, the first Hereford and the second one didn't have belt divisions. Um, cause I remember, and I've told this story again, I've told this story in here before that first Hereford, when I fought Emma, I thought, uh, that was in like the under 19 year old division and I fought the adult division as well. Yep. Um, and then there was a, there was no, it wasn't a white belt competition. There just wasn't any blue belts there, you know? So it didn't have to say that there was white belts only. Yeah, yeah, so when yeah. it came around to the absolute, a blue belt walks in and it was like a fucking god had walked into the, I, uh, you know yeah, yeah, and then yeah, as soon as the blue the blue belt walked in smashed everyone and then we were like oh you know it was it was like you've been touched by a god uh, and these days you go to a tournament and there'll be a 16 man black belt division like the times have changed just ridiculous oh, 100%, unbelievable 100% um, so yeah kind of what I was what I'm really interested to talk to you about because we kind of had a similar you know we started jiu-jitsu at the same age we started jiu-jitsu at a very similar weight yes. obviously I put on weight you put on weight as well but not much at all not you're not still much, no, a no. featherweight yes so my question to you is kind of obviously we both experienced the same thing early on in our jiu-jitsu career with being yes. the smaller person and having to deal with all of those issues that a smaller person has to deal with the difference was by the time I got my black belt I was no longer a small person, you know, no, no, by the time I was even brown belt and I was uh, in the nineties, I, I, I was now a large person, yeah, so, you yeah, know, yeah, like, remember, um, yeah. which means that you have something to back up on top of your jujitsu skills, you know? 100%. So like someone comes yeah. into the gym and, um, they will know that I'll whoop their ass, not because 
necessarily because of my skill, but because I'm physically more imposing than they are. Yes. Which is something that when I was smaller, it would be someone would come into the gym and, you know, Nick would tell me to go with this person to to kill their ego a little bit. Oh, yeah. Because I, it, because I, was, I was that guy as well. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But the difference is you're still that guy, right? Um, so like someone comes into the, yeah, someone yeah. comes into the gym with no respect for Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. They see me and they see someone bigger and who looks stronger than them. And they thought if they get beaten by me, they can just fall back on that. Nah, he's much bigger and stronger than me. Yes. It, true, it, yeah. it just, it, it's almost a security blanket for their ego. A hundred percent. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Yeah. So I kind of wanted to just grill you on what is it like being a small, physically unintimidating person but with the skill to be able to back it Thanks up. Thanks for that, <laughs> I'm trying to say that in the most polite way. You know, um, no, you know I, it's a dynamite I, comes to I totally agree, right? you know. Yeah. Um, uh, I've always enjoyed being like a small person within the sport. Um, uh, there's a few reasons, but primarily I, I genuinely believe that you could progress faster being smaller than you can being bigger. Yeah, I, no, I, I couldn't um, agree more with that. You don't have, you know, and I've said that before, you, you don't have um, the burden of strength. No, you don't, have, you don't have the ability to power out no, of exactly, a bad exactly. technique, no. which is why I believe like I'm very, very thankful that I started. You were small when you started. Exactly. Precisely. Yeah, because I do not agree. believe that I would have anywhere near the game that I have today if I started jujitsu at 95 kilos. No, I, and I totally agree. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, like I like being small. Um, I like, uh, like I always, I also believe that um, movement is kind of the key to open up like more doors within jiu-jitsu yeah. so with your, within your repertoire of techniques you know like every time you uh you increase your ability to move you actually increase your ability to do more techniques mm. so you get guys come through you know like maybe get uh i don't know a middle-aged man come in who's uh 80 80 90 kilos you know and maybe do a, an inverting drill and you can see him straight away he's disheartened and you're like no you can definitely do this drill mm. But you just got to take time. Yeah. And the same as I tell, I also in the classes, if I wanted to go and bench press 100 kilograms, I'm not going to go in and look at the bar and hope it happens. Yeah. I'm going to have to start smaller and work my way up. You know, so um, I love being small because I think like every guy comes in. When I was, I actually started teaching when I was uh, a blue belt yeah. in Cardiff. And um, I get loads of rugby guys. Um, there's a guy called T T Toby, and uh -huh. he, he I'll get him to listen to this because he loves it. <laughs> but he came in, man, and he was like, probably juiced out his eyeballs, like massive. <laughs> and uh, you could tell he was game, you know? Yeah. Like, he's like, oh, sometimes I roll my brother in the garage. I watch a lot of UFC, and I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> I got my hands full yeah. here, you know? So I would be tearing up and scrapping with people just kind of prove a point that, like, just because I'm small, I can still, I'm still game. Um, as time went on, I think like that kind of that, that fizzled out a little bit for me, because obviously now if a big guy comes in, they kind of just go, oh well, you're a black belt. Do you know what I mean so? Uh, they do expect you, do, to lose, you know. Now, do you find that people respect that? Like, do, do, that there are are there still people? Do you find in your experience there's still people coming into the academy and not respecting them? And and I think. I do think it still happens. I think it happened way more when jiu-jitsu wasn't... more before, yes. Do you still find it happens now? Yeah, I get a few big guys coming in. You, you can tell, like... They, they don't care that you're a black belt. No, they look because, at you. They look you know, at your taste. You know, yeah, they're like, exactly. oh, come on. He's a, he's a, this is a 70-kilo guy. There's no way I'm going to lose to a 70-kilo guy. Yeah, you yeah. know. Um, but I think, like, where... 
like before I would have had like even a physical battle I would have just been like trying to like throw myself everywhere and just fight you know but now I'll try to deliberately do like the simplest things and like off balance them slowly and be like oh you're gonna go and like they fall over you know then you pass them pin them mm-hmm. you take their back and then you kind of realise their face changes straight away you know they, they almost smile because they're kind of like oh man I got a lot more respect for this now than, than I did when I first stepped in, in this room you know yeah I think to be you know, I, I wouldn't. In hindsight, I um, am happy with the fact that I that I put on weight. Yeah, you know, yeah, I, yeah. I believe that without any sort of strength training, if I just carried on jujitsu, I believe that I'd be roughly probably mid seventies, maybe high high seventies. I don't sure, think I'd yeah, be yeah, above yeah. eighty kilos without without really trying to put the weight on and doing a lot of strength training around it. Yes, I if I could go back and do it again, uh, apart from the fact that I'd like to do it the other way is for curiosity. If I had one more shot, I would yes. do it the exact same way. I like being heavy. I like being bigger. But at the same time, I feel that because I'm big, I do not have the ability to express jujitsu to a new person in the way that you do. You uh, yeah, yeah, I so totally like agree. When yeah, someone yeah, comes yeah. in, when you beat the shit out of a 100 kilo powerlifter, you know, yeah. when you beat them up, they it, it's such a profoundly eye-opening experience. It kind of it's it's um jiu-jitsu in the purest sense yeah well because because you don't have the uh, the attributes and the physical capacity to not use jiu-jitsu in its purest sense no i don't physically have the ability to showcase brazilian jiu-jitsu in its purest form against someone who doesn't know what it is i do agree with that because obviously like if if i come up to stream with you and roll with you in my mind the whole time i would kind of be thinking like I wonder if I was Dan's size, like mm. how this would go. I wonder if Dan's my size, yeah. you know? And, and you can't help but do that, yeah. you know? Uh, there's a wicked example of, um, well, I think it was 15 or 16, we had this guy come in and, man, he was throwing his weight around. He was 100 plus kilos easy. And uh, Chris was like, kind of like, give me the nod. Yeah. You know, like, oh, yeah, I know. I like, <laughs> I like, you're going with him next. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, yeah, for sure. You know, at the time, man, I, I loved it, you know? So, yeah. and it, Rob, Rob T, uh, yeah. videoed it and uh, it went on YouTube or something like, 15 year old kid um, beats up 100 kilo plus man yeah. or something like that yeah. I, obviously I didn't care about that. Like, that, that I didn't want to put that online but yeah. it went online and loads of people were like laughing and loving it then you got the guys who are going oh but you know if you could punch him it'd be different and I'm like oh, look like I'm just trying to do jiu-jitsu to enjoy it but that guy that day surely a lesson mm. and fast mm. you know I think when someone we got we got the same um Say they roll with me and they don't they don't get that appreciation. Mm. Uh, do you know Ashley Bendel? Yes. She's got um shoulder pressure from death. You know, yeah. Like a death row. It's, it's unbelievable. Okay, I need to I need to cut in there and say, what the fuck is it with girls and their shoulder pressure? Because all of the girls I know can apply better shoulder pressure than any guys that I know. Yes. I got a theory on this. Okay. okay. <laughs> so have you noticed that as well? Yeah. So like literally all, oh, the, no, all the best people with shoulder pressure I know are women. Yeah, hundred percent. And I don't understand it. Well, I feel that like a lot of male uh, athletes within the sport or participants within the sport don't know how to roll with a female, which sounds ludicrous. Like to me, you just roll, you, yeah. you just grapple. Yeah. Grapple is a grapple. Yeah. But sometimes I think like a guy like kind of goes like uh, 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 and lets them get like super tight, and then they're fucked. Yeah, and then <laughs> and then you see like the shoulder pressure. I think you on. might be right. Yeah, you see their face change, yeah. and you're like, you know, you fucked up. Yeah, yeah. Like because you know, if Ben gets cl- like falls pressure on my face, so like with a, with a guy with a guy, you wouldn't be letting them get to that position. One hundred percent. No, okay, yeah, yeah, a guy, I'd be finding a lot harder to play yeah. my guard. With a girl, you you get like crazy scenario where like either 
that people smash him, which yeah. I think is ludicrous. Yeah. Like some guys just absolutely destroy him and you're like, yeah. what's wrong with you? Yeah. Like, you know, even if they're half their size and stuff, you know? Um, or you get some people who like almost like lay dead mm. and you're like, come on now, like you've got a competitive role. Mm. So I think they let them get too tight and then once they let them get there, they develop wicked shoulder pressure yeah. and then before they know it, they are fucked. Yeah. You know, I don't let Ash Bell get shoulder pressure on me. Yeah. Shit, no. Yeah. No, so she's our like uh, she's our punisher, you know. Like if if someone comes in and they they they're not that cool, we'd be like every every on, gym man, no, every gym on. has one, yeah, every gym has one. for sure, yeah, man. Yeah. But uh, that's uh, I I love doing that, you know, just checking Ben with someone just watching their face, the life like drain out of their face, you know. <laughs> because like it's one thing being beaten up by someone small, it's another thing being beaten up by a girl. Then when you have a small girl that's beating the shit out of them, they can't move. Yeah, that's that's, that's, that's like that, the ultimate, ultimate yeah, level yeah, of just yeah, complete ego crushing. It's brilliant, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, so yeah, kind of. Uh, what, what were we talking about before that? We're we talking about. We're talking about. Yeah, uh, our paths going differently later. Like, yeah, yeah, kind yeah. of. Uh, yeah, you know. So obviously, you know, I kind of lost the ability to humble people in the same way. Yes. That you have. Um, out of interest, kind of just out of curiosity, do you do any strength conditioning training? None whatsoever. None whatsoever. <laughs> no, like, so, uh, on occasion, okay. Yeah. Like my coach might be like, "Why right, Ash?" Or I'll be like, "Why right, coach?" I I really think I need to do some strength conditioning, okay. And um, Jamie, the, the problem is, I find it so boring. A uh, boring, yeah. So boring. Yeah. Like Cardio, so boring. Yeah, I find cardio lifting weights yeah. so sure, boring. Yeah. Like I, sometimes I go lift weights. And then I'll be like, oh, that was quite cool. Like, you know, I lifted some weight. That was, that, was, that was all right. But can you do that three times a week, every yeah. week for and the next what, 10 then years? Then I go spa. Yeah. And I'm like, why are my legs not working like they did yesterday? Mm. And I don't enjoy that. So I was like, man, I just love jujitsu. I really, I think it's really fun. So I would rather just keep doing jujitsu for fun. Mm. You know, uh, I was saying like, I taught a seminar in Belfast uh, last weekend. Yes. And I said to them, you know, at the end of the day, if you are not in this room, um, because you're not, because you're having fun, you know, because you're not having fun. Yes. Then you probably shouldn't be in this room. Yes. You know, like, if you do not actually enjoy jiu-jitsu, I don't recommend doing jiu-jitsu for the sake of wanting to be good at jiu-jitsu. Yeah. 100%. Like, you've got to want... It's a hobby. 100%. It's a hobby. Even the best guys in the world still love what they do. You can't, you can't get good at something without loving what you do. You no. know? You and just can't do it. And particularly with jiu-jitsu, it's such, like, an unforgiving sport. Yeah. That as time goes on, if you still don't enjoy it, you are going to quit. Or you're going to have a time off. Or you're going to have this day out or that day. And before you know it, you, you won't be doing it f- for the same reason you started it. Yeah. You know, I still get up in the day, in the day, go training. And I'm still as excited and I still have, it, have as much fun as I did seven years ago. Yeah. You know, where you see some guys coming through now and they're like, oh, I've got to go training because I've got to get better. Because what this other guy from California is training and he's getting mm. better. And it's like, oh man, like, yeah. if you think like that all the time, uh, it's, a, it's a vicious circle, you know, yeah. which I, I really believe in. So, like, that's why I don't do strength conditions because I don't have the fun element to it and I'd get bored of it. And then I, I'm, I'm afraid that eventually I might get bored of jiu-jitsu because, because I'm getting bored. Because your jiu-jitsu is then forcing you to do strength conditioning, which you don't like. Precisely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah. So, I, I've, I've, all, I've considered loads. I've considered going up a ways. Mm. Um, I'm right now actually considering going down weight, mm. so I'm going to try to cut to light feather for the world. Oh really? Yeah. So that's sixty one point five no gi. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't do. Uh, I can't do the no gi. Okay, so so sixty sixty four no gi. What's that for you? Like sixty two point five. Sixty two point five. Yeah. I'm going to try and cut down to that for the gi. Have you been at that weight before? 
Yeah, when I was 17. <laughs> <laughs> I've been at that. I was at that weight when I was 17. Yeah, no. So I remember my last tournament at 64, and I thought, um, do you know Dan Gandhi? Uh, he's, a, he's a competitor from Cardiff. Like, he, back, okay. A few years back, he was like the, the one to be, yeah. you know? Um, he was a triangle, everyone. And um, it was my last tournament at 64, so I like... I, I made sure I made the weight because he was in uh, he was actually from a rival team at the time uh-huh. uh, Pedro Bessa and we were Chris Academy so Chris was like look Ash you know we're going to try and take out one of Pedro's big guys yeah. you know big, big guns and I was like cool so I did the tournament um, I think I beat him like 4-2 it was yeah. super tight match yeah. you know he's a super tough guy um, and that was my last one I did at 64 and that was back at uh, like midway through blue belt so I was 17-18 okay but I think then, like, I went to university, so I was just putting on weight through, like, drinking and partying and eating bad. Sure. So I was sitting at 68, eating whatever I want. So I do think I've got the potential to be 64, um, if I was lean. How old are you? Uh, 20, 24. Okay, so as you get a bit older, you're going to find it harder to lose weight. Yeah, so that's why I'm going to do it now, yeah. and only for about two years. Yeah, yeah. And, um, I definitely think, you know, uh, you know, I'm not old, I'm 26, but I definitely feel that my body, you get a bit denser and you lose the ability to cut that weight so easily as you get on a little bit more. So I think like, yeah, if you're going to do it, do it now. Well, that's it. like I said to my coach, you know, like even if I do it for one year, I just want to not be 30 and look back and go, I wonder if I did make that yeah. cut like fair, how it would have gone. Mm-hmm. I'll do it now. You know, it's going to be hard for sure, you know, but that's, we're in a tough sport. Yeah. So I want to give it a go. If it doesn't go my way, I haven't lost anything. I've just yeah. lost a bit of time. Yeah. And Jiu-Jitsu is a lifetime thing anyway. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, losing six months of my whole career. Uh, it's relatively uh, insignificant. All I have to do, I'll send up, compete at 70 yeah. and just be a little bit lighter. Yeah. And if that happens, it means I can put a muscle mass yeah. for 70 kilos, yeah. which, which is perfect. You know? Um, so you kind of touched on something that I was the other thing that I wanted to talk to you about, which is a really interesting subject. So both of us started jujitsu in, I would say it's a kind of a good time to start jujitsu, uh, 14 and 15 years old. 100%. Yeah. I think it is a better time to start jujitsu than 12 or 13. And I'll tell you why. I totally agree. Cause I, I and I believe I spoke to, um, Elaine about it, but obviously um, uh, Alain Pozo which was a couple of episodes ago but obviously he was um, I was talking to his perspective that he was coaching kids I can talk to you as someone else who's gone through it yes which is all of the distractions that come with growing up and puberty and all of that stuff yes. you know so you're saying um, you know you went to university and you were drinking you were partying so you were you had been training jiu-jitsu what four, four years at that point yes yeah, how did you find the experience of going to university and doing jiu-jitsu at the same time because by that point you were probably purple belt i was a purple belt and you were competing you were taking it seriously and you can compete at a relatively high level there all the time yeah so at purple belt is where um i kind of came in, into my own i had like a, I had a crazy good uh 12 month uh period where i took like like 27 30 gold medals something yeah crazy including like the you know it was like English Welsh Mm. Scottish Irish absolutes Abu Dhabi Grand Slam you know you won uh, absolutes Scottish and Irish won the absolutes took silver in the Welsh absolute Pat Baker actually robbed me of a a decision (laughs) if you're listening Pat I still blame you okay Um, and the English absolute I didn't do because it was a brawl assembly the week after sure and I potentially was going to get my brown belt. Okay. And I'd won my division. And I was kind of like... To, you wanted to leave that. I wanted high. to leave it yeah, high. Yeah. You know, I won the British Gi and Nogi that year. Um, 
uh, and I did the Abu Dhabi Grand Slam, uh, the Abu Dhabi Pro Trial at the time. Yeah, I won my division in that as well, all in one year, and a bunch of other tournaments. You know, I, I cut my hair off at absolutes and, mm. and whatever. Um, and that was where I really came into my own. But at the same time, I, I was out three times a week in uni, mm. just loving life. Where Where were you in uni? Uh, I went to Cardiff University. Yeah, and uh, I Which actually has a pretty big party in there. Yeah, yeah, and uh, I actually did astrophysics as my. Oh degree. really? Did yeah. you finish it? Yeah, I did. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's that's another part where we split. <laughs> yeah. Because I did not so, finish my course at uni. Well, I didn't want to. Right. So, like, my mum, when I finished like uh, sixth form, yeah, um, she was like, "Oh man, you, you know, you you you, you got to go to uni. You know, you got to have choices in life and, and all this." And at the time, um, you know, I could talk to me a version of me now. There now. Yeah. I would tell that kid. Yeah. Do not go to university. Yeah. Because I agree. Yeah, because this is terrible. Yeah. <laughs> this is terrible. Yeah. Terrible advice. <laughs> I was, I, I was actually, I was actually in Belfast, and there was a dad and a son training, and the son's seventeen-year-old blue belt, and his, his dad's like, "Oh, you know, he's gonna go to uni and open his options." I was like, "Well, do you, do you actually want to train jujitsu full time?" He's kind of like, "Oh, well, I could make a go," and I was like, "Well, do that then." Yeah. Like, it was, I always like, I'm never gonna use my degree, hundred percent. The only thing my degree is good yeah. for is telling people like yourself to get that reaction on the face for the first sure. time ever. Yeah. And goes, yeah. what? You got an astral screen? I'm yeah. like, yeah, I have, you know. Um, but I was missing lectures upon lectures upon mm. lectures just to train jiu-jitsu. Yeah. You know, I was getting called in left right, and center going, why is your attendance so low? I was like, well, look, I just do so much. I just love doing jiu-jitsu. And they were like, well, how is that going to provide a future for you? And mm. I was like, oh, you don't understand. It is going to provide a future for me. I'm going to make something of it. And I wish I could not be here yeah. and commit 100% to doing jiu-jitsu. So, that, that, so you, you regret doing your university course, basically? Uh, yeah, I do, I do now. I do. At the time, I didn't because I also felt like I could have an option. Um, yeah. Because my other option was going to be to to be a teacher. Yeah. Because they get so much time off. Yeah. Um, well, that's a teacher's job is easy. Uh, but <laughs> you know, they they get a lot of time off. So I thought, oh, the next best thing for me would be a teacher, so I can have loads of time off to compete and yeah. train jujitsu. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, but then I came out of uni and I kind of made a, like a, an agreement with my mum. I said, look, give me like X amount of time to earn X amount of money from jiu-jitsu. Sure. I'll pay rent, blah, blah, blah. Oh, after, this is after you finish uni? After finishing, yeah. I finish uni. I came back and moved back home. Yeah. Um, and then Chris at the time, obviously at the academy, and he kind of was like, oh, you can start coaching with me a bit and blah, blah, blah. Um, and we kind of went from there, you know? Yeah. So I think when you're younger, it's a crazy hard thing to decide. Yeah, it is. You know you what? It's, go, you know? It's, a, it's a really difficult discussion and... You know, I don't want to be, uh, I think it can be irresponsible for us to kind of use ourselves as a model and say that actually anyone who, anyone who wants to do jiu-jitsu as a living shouldn't go to university. I think it's like, you know. No, it, I agree with that. Like, yeah, that's, that's a crazy you know, but, thing to but, say. Yeah, but I, I see what you mean. You know, I, I, I had a slightly different, I went to uni. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. I believe at the time that I went to uni, I wanted to do jiu-jitsu full time. Um, I already knew that I wanted to do that and I uh, went to uni because I needed a backup you know which is what everyone you know in case you break your back which I did anyway uh, or do whatever in case whatever happens and you can't do jiu-jitsu anymore you're not able to make a living from doing jiu-jitsu you need a you need a backup plan so I went to university and I fucking hated it and um, I you know I didn't skip a couple of lectures I skipped all my lectures you know I, I i did i did fucking nothing yeah yeah i did nothing did, did you pass or no no no, no I, <laughs> I, I dropped off um i officially i lasted a year but i was mentally checked out of there within weeks 
you know, no way. really within weeks. Oh, like, it was second year through. I was kind of like, oh, yeah. it's the same for me. Yeah. And, and, and you know what? Um, so I half asked it for, for pretty much from the get go. You know, I was falling asleep in lectures almost every, it was like two weeks into uni where I didn't fall asleep in my first lecture. And I was like, shit, this is oh, okay. bad. Um, and then I competed in the sub 1000 tournament, which was kind of the biggest tournament that I had won up to that point. And yes. the victory of winning that tournament made me decide that I had absolutely zero interest. I don't care about having a backup. I didn't want to do it. The problem that you have is that, you know, the question that we have to ask ourselves is, are our situations likely or an anomaly in some way well you know? Do you know, um, i don't know about you uh, but for a lot of my uh, my career um this word luck gets thrown around a lot yes and people who come up to you and tell you you're lucky yes it, man it's bullshit there's no such thing as luck no fuck that you, man like, you make your you make you, your own luck. you work seriously hard yes. you know, no and the only thing i said in my whole entire life that was fortunate is i started jujitsu at like the right time yes because jiu-jitsu was just about to start to boom. Yes. I was young. I was like, I was really into it. I mm-hmm. loved training. I was doing everything I could to be better. So like, you know, if you, if you, if you join jiu-jitsu now, there's already BJ gyms everywhere now. There's black belts everywhere It's very now. difficult. I think it's going to be harder for the second generation behind us. Precisely. Coming up than it is for us. 100%. Because I believe, I and, and, it, and it kind of goes in this funny way because right at the beginning of jiu-jitsu when there was no one doing it, there was no, one, there was no money coming into the sport because no one was doing it. The sport was so small that even though there were very few instructors, those instructors couldn't make a living because oh, they didn't they, have they enough students. they were full-time, students. were they? Because they didn't have... Uh, yeah. yeah, precisely. Now, the sport is starting to get bigger but at the same time, the number of people in the sport wanting to do it full time or wanting to teach, uh, the number of output and the number of input of, of new, new people coming to the sport. This is the thing. I believe that the number of people wanting to teach is increasing exponentially uh, ahead of the number of people or the exposure of jujitsu coming I, uh, in. I, I, I agree. So with I believe that, yeah, yeah, that yeah. we kind of came in at a point where. Uh, the the output wasn't yes. massive, but the input was big, and now I believe it's starting to balance out. Whether there'll be a massive and uh, you know a massive influx and jujitsu, you know, th- this kind of this whole question: Will jujitsu go mainstream? You know, this whole thing, and a lot of people hope it does. A lot of people see signs; it definitely is getting more mainstream. Yeah. But I think one of the problems people have, especially if they do jujitsu, the belief that it's becoming mainstream is because they are surrounded in the jujitsu world. If you if you go onto Facebook, if I go onto Facebook, you would believe that jujitsu is the biggest fucking thing in the whole world. Oh, every single thing you're looking at yeah, yeah, is yeah. jujitsu. But if I was to go and on my sister's facebook who doesn't have any jiu-jitsu people on there i would think that whatever the fuck she was into was the most important I, thing in I the world agree. Yeah, you yeah, know? Yeah. so a lot of people think that jiu-jitsu is actually becoming a lot bigger than it is the question is is it going to become legitimately mainstream in the same way that the ufc is just recently just very recently becoming legitimately well, mainstream being really co- re- off the back of conor mcgregor yeah precisely yeah off of ronda rousey Ronda Rousey's right, and, yeah, to and, be fair and to yeah. Conor McGregor, who are, um, uh, you know, kind of lifting the sport. They they superseded the sport and then kind of and, and growing oh, it around where it's, get, it's getting it's getting covered by BBC and yeah, it's yeah, getting yeah, covered yeah. by Sky Sports and 
you know, it's it's going on to Lad Bible now. Fucking love that. You know, all of that stuff, pop yes. culture stuff. Yeah, yeah. The question is, is that ever going to happen to jujitsu? Because if that doesn't happen to jujitsu, yes, it can continue to get bigger. But is it ever going to be able to catch up with the amount of people getting their black belts and wanting to teach jujitsu to other well, people? That's the crazy thing is that obviously I spoke to um, we had a Brazilian guy come across a brown belt time Luis he trains with us uh, in yeah. Swansea and Cardiff and, and he coaches a little bit whilst maintaining the job you know and he was saying you know in Brazil like uh, he'll have like they'll have like two gradients every six, you know, every six, every six months like well, one or two, two grades a year and there'll be like 20 new black belts at a time so their black belts just take part in the class yeah. And that's the only thing I don't like about the UK BJ scene in general is often at purple, brown, and black. Some people think they're like they're, above, they're, like they're, they're too good to like do the warm up. Yeah, and they think their opinion matters too much, and they deserve respect just just to deserve respect. Do you um, think? Do you think people are because uh, when I started jujitsu, or even when I was kind of a blue or purple belt, I would have said that if you were a brown belt you were at an instructor level. You were almost expected to be an instructor if you were a brown belt. 100%. Oh, yeah, yeah. Nowadays, nowadays, you know, you say that we uh, we had a grading at Mill Hill um, two weekends ago and we graded six black belts. Yes. There were 22 black belts on the map. I saw you know, Facebook. There, there, was, there was more black belts on the map than any other belt. That's crazy. Which is crazy. Um, the majority of, you know, a lot of those black belts do teach, but yeah. a lot of those black belts are just students. Yeah, that's and my that's point. the difference. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Black belts are now no longer. Whereas when I, the, 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 the mentality I had only five or six years ago was that a brown belt or above, a brown belt was an instructor. Yes. You would yeah. not find a brown belt that wasn't your inst- an, an, an instructor. No, I, I agree. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. is it that people are living in 2017 with a 2013 mentality? I 100% agree with that. Yeah. Like they think once they're a black belt, there's not even a black belt. Yeah, a brown, brown belt. Oh, it's something fucking purple, purple belt. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they think they now deserve to earn money yeah. through jiu-jitsu. And you're like, hold on. Like, come on. No. Like, it's, we're not in that day and age anymore. Like, surely, like now, you just want a class full of black belt students. Yeah. Surely there's got to be. Like, there's got to be a point where um, a black belt is like a white belt from yeah. eight, nine years ago. Yeah. Where they just do the warm-up. Yeah. They just take part in the class. They drill what you tell them to drill. It is, it is happening. You know, the, the thing is, the number of black belts aren't going to go down. <laughs> well, exactly. Yeah, They're exactly. only going to go up. Yeah. It's only but gonna go up. every black belt, like, every person that gets there, can't then just go, oh, well, I'm just going to open up a gym. Yeah. I'm just going to teach. I'm yeah. just going to earn money. Yeah. I'm going to do jiu-jitsu full-time. Isn't, I think now, if you want to earn a living through jiu-jitsu, you, you've got to do something different yeah which was, yeah which make is people want to come to you so that was going to be my next question we're kind of talking about this which is almost the criteria to be a full-time jiu-jitsu instructor a couple of years ago was be a black belt yes it it was, is, yeah. that is no longer a legitimate um not at all uh, a legitimate um claim to be a uh that, that's something that is all you need to be a, an instructor no, i totally agree yeah, yeah. so my question to you is because i haven't really thought about this too much so i just want to get your opinion on it what do you need to do to legitimize yourself as what makes someone because there is no longer black belts and color belts what makes someone legitimately they they kind of deserve to to go out there and start teaching their well, own thing obviously there's because jiu-jitsu is such a, it's a hard uh, question it's such a competitive sport yeah. you know 
So I think immediately what people would answer with is, do they produce champions mm. and are they a champion? Yeah. But those two fighters, in my opinion, aren't the highest on the list because no. just because someone can compete well, you know, like um, I'm a better competitor than my coach is currently. Sure. You know, when he competes, he doesn't produce the results I compete. Sure. But he coached me to the level I am. Yes. So who? So then, out of the two of you, who would have a more legitimate claim of being a coach? Precisely. You would it, have to say well, that it was Chris. He, yeah, Chris would say Chris. And that's would, not undermining you as a coach in any way. But yeah, Chris would come to you, and mm-hmm. Chris would say, "Hi, I am a full-time BJ coach." Yeah. I would come to you and say, "I'm a full-time BJ athlete." So you consider yourself an athlete more than you consider yourself a coach. A hundred percent. I think if if going back to where we sort of speak about like being the youngest BJ black belt. Yeah. How could I not be? Yeah, uh, how, I don't want to be the best coach mm. at twenty-two. Do you mean like, I, don't, I don't want to do that? I, I want to be on the scene, competing, push myself hard, and training. You know, mm. um, I think the proof is in the pudding with coaching because just because you're a black belt and you see it all the time, you know, you see some black belts struggle to get ten guys on the mat. Yeah, and you're like, man, if if that is true. You gotta look at yourself. Mm. You can't just be like, "Oh, well, I'm a black belt, so people should come to learn off me." Yeah, you can have a brown belt, yeah. who's a much nicer person, who teaches. He's a better, much better. A better instructor. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and just structures the class better. You know, like um, I think one of the biggest things that changed for me was when I started traveling to the states. Yeah, um, and seeing how they teach. So, what was the big difference between uh, what you were seeing in America and what you're seeing over here in terms of the, the methodology? That um, the principle of um, we were talking earlier about uh, if you become a black belt, mm. you automatically assume you can coach. Mm. In America, I believe the com- competition is there that they have to be good. As in, there's so many. They of have them. to be good competitors. Or they have to be good instructors. They have to be good instructors yeah. to, to fill the match. Sure, you know, like um, they can't just assume that they're going to get the numbers through the door. Do you do you feel like um, America is um, because it is a number of years ahead of the UK in terms of its jiu-jitsu advancement? Do you believe that America is in a way the model of what other countries that are behind them, a couple of years behind them? Do you think that's the model of how it should be? You know. Well, I the second thing I think they're the best at, which um, is marketing themselves and running a gym as a business, yeah. not as um, do you know what's like whole like jujitsu lifestyle? Yeah, like. Yeah. Everyone's high five each other. Yeah. Everyone's like, oh, we can be lazy. We don't have to turn up on time. Yeah. You know, we can. It, that it, shit's not good enough. No, precisely. It's not. Yeah. And in America, when I went there, like, if they brown well turned up late, you had press ups. Mm. Do you mean that? They, they, like, it wasn't like to be a dick. And everyone would joke, you know, and would laugh about it. Um, they'd come in, they'd be like, come on, man, you're late. Let's get some press ups, you know? Yeah. Like, and they would think it's funny. Um, but here, you know, like, if someone comes late, they don't give a fuck. Yeah. If someone turns up, if someone's eating food or whatever, or you know, not catered up properly, they just don't give a shit. Mm. In AOJ, if you turned up and you went, if you wanted to walk on the mat in a blackie, you wouldn't walk on the mat. Simple. Yeah. And I think you mm. over here the jujitsu lifestyle has taken over a little bit from um, everyone just taking it seriously. Yeah. And I think you can run jujitsu legitimately as a business. If you don't take it seriously, uh, yeah, you, no, no. If you don't, if you don't take jujitsu seriously, and you don't think about um, why, like, how to like better yourself all the time. Uh, you know, if you just sit in a casual, you're like, oh, well, I'm a black belt. People should come to me. They should come and train with me, like, just because. Yeah. Then you're not looking to improve yourself. It, it, in America, they do a lot more. You know. Yeah. You know what? It's a really interesting subject actually because. Um, I think that there are people who really like the structure of a 
serious, a more serious gym. You know, someone where they expect everyone to be on the mat at the same time. They expect everyone to be wearing the same geese. They, you know, all of this stuff. I think there are a lot of people who really appreciate the structure, that sort of mentality. I, I am one of those, yeah. And at the same time, I think there are a lot of people who don't like that mentality. I totally agree. So, like, the question is, is... Are those are, are people who take jujitsu more seriously any more important as in st- as students than someone who's just who kind of wants to go there and joke around? They don't want to call their professor sensei. They want to, you know, they don't want to be made to do push ups if they're five minutes late because they come straight from work. And then at the same time, is there a balance where you can have both of those people train on the mat at the same time? Can you yeah. can you can you please both of those groups? That's very difficult. Yeah. So I um. I say this a lot when coaching, like my aim as a, as a coach or you know, instructor should be kind of like to make like 90, 95 percent of the people uh, kind of enjoy the class. Yes. Or, or you the, can't, the, you can't make everyone. You can't. Yeah. And and no matter what, no matter what instructor says, they can. They're lying. You know, like you yeah. cannot please every single person on the mat. So sometimes I ask my students for feedback all the time. Yeah. You know, at the end of class, I'll say, right, guys, if, if, if everyone's got any feedback for me, you know, you want to chuck any, any ideas at the class or anything you think could improve or, or whatever, come to me. Some people then, like, drop me a message or whatever. They say, like, oh, like, I don't really like the way you did this. Mm. And I'm like, oh, but, like, the other 20 guys, man, they were loving life. Yeah. You know, and I think... You, you got, and you explain that to them? I, yeah, I do. Yeah. yeah, I will say, like, look, man, you know, the, there's only so much time in a class. Yeah, you, there's only so much you can do within a class, mm. um, and you've got to mainly please the majority, and also what's the most beneficial to the jiu-jitsu. Mm. You know, some guys they don't want to be sparring hard every class. Yeah. Um. So you know, like we, for example, I taught uh, Chris went away to London. Yeah. And uh, my nogi class is an advanced nogi class, so we do like a lot of athletic work. You know, like we'll do gymnastic stuff in the warm up. Um, you know, like we'll do a lot of physical sparring, yeah. a lot of like loser stays in drills, you know, like punishing drills. Um, so I did that in the gi class. Yeah. Because when Chris is away, you know, sometimes I have a bit of fun. And like the gi class was a different group of people. It was. Yeah. And the next day, <laughs> the gi class was empty. Really? You know, and it was like it, a complete fucking it, shock it, to their system. It happens, though, yeah. you know, like sometimes you, you hit them hard with something. They all say they enjoyed it, but they wake up the next morning, they're like, Man, actually, my body didn't yeah. enjoy it though, you know. Yeah. Um. So it's it, it. No one can be perfect, you know. 100 percent not. Yeah. But I think, like Americans are, are, are far further forward in the field than we are. They mm. run it like a business. Mm. And I think if you if someone who runs a gym who's yeah. not in it to run like make money, for example, it won't be successful. No, because but, they yeah. if they don't care about even earning money. The gym will fucking close down. Exactly. <laughs> and that's my point. And, and if the gym closes down, where, where are you going to roll? Yeah. You know, where are you going to throw your shackles oh, up? Everyone and, just yeah. turns up and just goes, oh man, let's have a roll, yeah. gee, no gee, whatever. Like, uh, that, that, was, that was five years ago. Yeah. You know, like, um, I think it was Seymour Yang posted a group uh, post today on the underground mm. saying, um, what was your first class? Yeah, yeah, yeah. My first class was anything. Like, yeah. you know, it was, it was like anyone, any ability, gee, no gee, guys with their gloves on, Whatever, you know, everyone's playing a role. That would not happen now. Do you believe that there is space for those gyms as well as the more serious gyms? No. I think they'll go under because of the guys taking them more seriously. Sure. You know, one of our biggest, uh, one of our biggest flaws in our gym currently is uh, we've got a lot of students keeping track of them all. You know, even though Evan and BJ says, oh, I don't care about belts. I don't care about tags. Yeah. Come on now. 
you know yeah. like you go down the line you know and you're looking at everyone you're kind of thinking in your head like oh, this guy's been doing three months he's been training six months but twice a week this is three months but four times a week and it, it's super hard to keep track of everyone <clears throat> you know so like sometimes i'll talk to a guy and i'll be like ah oh, mate you know uh, it's great to see you on the mats again uh how, how long have you been training for and he's like um it's come up to about 18 months now yeah and i'm like shit yeah i'm looking at his white belt he's still got no tags yeah and i'm like man we fucked up yeah you know, the, the the more casual gyms do that, but even worse, you know, to sure. such an extreme where they don't, because they just, they just don't care. They don't care about, um, like, every student's individual progress, rewarding everyone equally, you know. Um, I Like, with the promotion system, you know, like, everyone should be able to obtain a black belt. Yeah. But let's... It's going to happen at different rates, though. Yes. But let's take yourself mm-hmm. or... Um, Great examples would be like Ross Nichols, yeah. Sam Gibson, yeah. you know, all great competitors, all athletic, all competing at highest level. Bradley Hill. If you held everybody to their level... There are going to be some people who are never going to reach the black belt standard. Precisely. Yeah. And that realistically, every black belt should be individual to the person. Mm. So I always use an example, like, say you get like, you come in and you're doing backflips on the mat. Yeah. You're picking up everything like super quick. Brilliant. You get a guy come in who can't even do a forward roll. You know, he can't do a forward roll. He's got no balance, no base, whatever. Mm. His progress, his yeah. black belt... Is a different kind of black belt. Is his different kind of black belt. Yeah, I completely agree with you. And like, um, one of the things that I think a lot of people really need to understand, the people who are listening need to understand is um, just because you can beat someone of a high belt doesn't mean you deserve their belt or they deserve a lower belt 100% you can't that's not how you compare you, you can't compare yourself to different you know everyone's individual everyone's on a different journey you, yes. so you know you, you can be uh, you know legitimately there are white belts in you know we, I do almost 75 to 80% of the sparring in my classes are uh, king of the hill nice because of the size of the mat uh, we do significant amounts of specific sparring so Pretty much every, I've, I've in the last month, I've started splitting the class into two sides, like the bigger guys and more experienced guys on one side and the smaller or less experienced on the other. So you don't get the big guys. Well, yeah, yeah on. on that note, because yeah. I'm smaller, yeah. I always split. <laughs> so from day one, yeah. every drill, I'm like, we're splitting weight. Yeah. You get a heavy guy going, oh man, but I want to roll with some of these technical guys. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, but if your clumsy ass yeah, you're gonna falls on my knee, yeah, exactly. like it don't matter about the jujitsu, exactly. it's just if you slip yeah. and fall. Yeah. Like that's that's the time yeah, I've been mean. Yeah, so I started doing that recently because um, to kind of make it a little bit more less frustrating for the good smaller guys. Yeah, it's typical of a big guys. So you don't chuck those small guys in with you. Yeah, so, I mean, <laughs> big guys don't think about it. It's like nah, yeah. everyone can roll this all good. Exactly. Yeah. So I've started doing that recently, but we do almost uh, exclusively specific sparring. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. King of the Hill specific sparring. Yeah, we do that a lot. So yeah, yeah. everyone rolls with everyone. Mm-hmm. So. Um, when you say King of the Hill like winner yeah. stays in yeah winner stays in yeah for exactly sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so everyone gets the role with everyone it's like a conveyor belt system you know you're because you're, you're, you, if you just do five rounds you roll with five people 100% so five rounds five minutes you're looking at half an hour of sparring you're going to roll with five people yep. in half an hour of sparring you've rolled with every person in the class or every person on your yeah, side of the class yeah, everyone yeah, about yeah. five times as well yep. so there are legitimately white belts that win the king of the hill whether it's a guard pass or a sweep or a submission against purples browns black belts yes just because you've managed to beat them doesn't mean you are better no or they are worse i totally agree 
because all of the things that contribute to that, the attributes, the age, the mobility, the strength, the athleticism, the, yes. all of that stuff, you know? Well, um, when I was a kid, I was like uh, 18. Uh, I just, just, I think I was, I just got my pearl belt or just like six months into pearl belt. And um, Chris, uh, to be fair to him, he knows I hate, I still hate it to this day, yeah. um, is king of the hill um, when they take your back, yes. start on your back. Yep. Man, fuck that shit. Mm-hmm. If this guy wants my back, he's got to earn my back. Mm. So I got tapped three times mm. immediately by like white belt, like flipping a guy in his first class or something yep. shit like that. And I was like, I literally walked off the mat. I was like, fuck this, man. I'm going home. Yeah. Like, this is bullshit. I don't deserve to be between tapped relentlessly. Yeah. But like some like, you know, crazy strong people. Yeah. Um, but they just put because their they, fucking they over your back. face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They get my back, then they fall on my face. Good, 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 good grapplers are very good at not having their back taken. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know? And that's my point. Why do a king of the hill with yeah. someone on your back? Chris does it because it infuriates me. Yeah. And no, no doubt. <laughs> Chris only does it to see me suffer. Right? Because he knows like, like oh. he's really good at escaping the back. Sure. Which is even worse. Because <laughs> he'll do king he of the hill. He just stares at you. Yeah, he doesn't yeah. break eye contact. No, he's doing king of the hill. He's loving it. He's like escaping everyone. <laughs> he's like slipping out of everyone. I, he, that's what I'm like, bomb, tap. Yeah. Chris look at me laughing and I'm like, oh, man, this is bullshit. You know? like, I'm, I'm not enjoying this at all. And I always believe like, you know, in King of the Hill, it should be drills where it's um, a realistic starting point. Sure. So a wrestle, sweep or, sweep or pass. Okay. Um, I think like when you start in like a super bad position, mm-hmm. like what what did that could, what did that guy do to get there? Mm. Which is one of my actual um, I'm sure we'll come on to it in a bit is EBI. Yeah, um, I was just about to mention one of my well. biggest hits uh, when I did, until I did it I didn't realize. Yeah, one of my biggest hits about EBI is you can be beating someone for ten minutes, <laughs> then this guy gets you back. Did you watch my EBI fight? No, I did. Yeah, <laughs> did you? You, the, the first one or the second one? I was out in um, the when. Tom Breeze on the same time? Yeah. Yeah, I watched both. Yeah, I watched Breeze as well. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so the second fight that I had, I beat the fucking shit out of this guy and then he took my back and beat me. I, uh, <laughs> I watched the match, yeah. Yeah, and man, so I, he, I know exactly what you're talking about. You did about. not look comfortable when he was on your back. No, I didn't, man. Because the thing <laughs> is, like, I was, I, I'd put, I, I like had a big out, output, you know, I was really trying to submit him for the whole yes. time. By the time he got to her back, I was fucked. And the yes. problem that I have is that, like, Someone looks at body triangle and extends me. Yeah. Like my back locks up like fuck, and no, I can't I, move for when shit. When I was watching, I was uh, I was in San Francisco doing yeah. the world nogi at the time. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was in a room like with eight people. Yeah, and I was like, oh man. Unfortunately, yeah. not offensively, I was like, man, Dan's gonna struggle you. Yeah, I Hell was like, because yeah. I know he's got a bad back. Yeah, I know this guy's really tall. He's got a lot of body triangle. Yeah. On. And it's not going to be good time to stand. Yeah, so I was fucking pissed because, and and kind of that's what I felt afterwards, which is the problem with the EBI is, um, and I've said this before. All you have to do is survive. You have you can you can submit if you played the game right in, in an EBI tournament. Yes, you could submit every single one of your opponents. So sixty men, four people. You can submit every single one with a rear naked choke from the back and never take their back once. Yes, you know? theoretically, that's my problem. You, yeah. you could you could survive for ten minutes. Yep, and then have the sickest. Attacks from the back, retard strength, choking power, 100%. long body triangle legs, yeah, right. and every single time you get to go. If I, you know, if I survive this, I get given something that I could never have taken on my own. I totally agree. That's my problem with it. Yeah, because I felt like I had two great ten minute matches. Yeah, where I pushed the pace and like uh, the other guys did as well. Yeah, uh, but I felt like it was, if it was ref decision or anything, yeah, uh, it was gonna go my way. Yeah, um, but when someone gets you back. I don't, I don't know about you, but I don't actually practice um, escapes that often because yeah. I just believe in tournament. My goal is to attack mm. as hard as I can. I'm going to take you down. I'm going to pass. 
and then I'm going to control. You might recover guard. I'm going to pass again, mm. control, and over and over again. At no point do I even... I never assume someone's going to pass my guard. Yeah. I never assume someone's going to take my back. I've said it, yeah, I, I, yeah it is, it's a crazy tactic. Yeah. But I've said to Chris before, I said, you know, if someone takes my back in competition... If it works. Yeah. If I it say, works, it works. If someone takes my back in competition, I honestly say... I've lost. Yeah. If they if they get to my back, they deserve to be there mm. and they deserve to win the match. Mm. So I was out in the pan. So do you, do you, would you say that you hold yourself in a higher to a higher standard where um, someone usually would say, you know, jujitsu is a really interesting thing because there's always that moment where you break mentally, where you give up. Hundred you know? percent. Uh, assuming assuming that they're. Sometimes you can lose a fight and never give up. You know, there yes. are people with a lot of heart who lose by who lose by a decision, who they've been fighting, to, you know, tooth and nail the entire time. They never give up. But anytime you're submitted, and very often when you get beaten on points, there is a cracking moment where you, hopefully not one of your joints, but there's a cracking moment mentally yeah, where yeah. you mentally break. Yep. And, um, you know, I say, I say this to people because it's, it's, it's a very important, you know, I think that the psychological aspect of fighting is hugely important. And uh, let's say we're, we're fighting and uh, sometimes I submit you, you know, let's say I get you in an arm bar. Maybe I've broken you mentally five minutes beforehand and yes. it's led to the arm bar. Maybe I've only broken you mentally when that arm bar becomes completely straight a, a half a second before you tap out. Yes. That's where you get broken, broken mentally. Would you say, whereas normally someone would, the average person would break mentally, you know, the average high level competitor of your standard would break mentally when they are significantly down on points or when they're being really dominated. Would you say that you hold yourself to a higher standard where if someone does something as simple as take your back, get mount, pass your guard, you already consider that you've lost the fight? Um not as black but yeah pretty close mm. like, as in like if someone passed my guard uh, no I'll still try to recover if someone takes my back um, I know I'm in a lot of trouble yeah um, it, it does but if you, go, if you go in with that mentality that like you can you can escape someone's back and you can still get back to attacking you can yeah. but I always say you know like um, let's I don't know, we could take any division, but mm. I, I just would like you guys, you know, how many matches uh, Black Belt level get won by an advantage? Yeah. So if someone gets... Like a four points is fucking huge. Precisely. So I just say, we yeah. sparring, I pass your guard, I take it back. I'm up 7-0. Mm. If I was you... Yeah. Like if, sorry, if I'm me, and I'm, I'm up 7-0, yeah. there was no way in this earth I'm thinking I'm losing this match. Yeah. You know, if I pass someone's guard in the first 20 seconds of a match... You're, you're like, they're fucked. I just go, I've won. Yeah. 100%. Really? Nine times out of ten, I'd, I win, mm. well, nine times out of hundred, I'd win, I'd win, the, win that yeah. match. So vice versa, when I'm at bottom, it's two scores. Do you, I always think two scores. If I'm down by two scores or more, yeah. you've got to tap that guy now. Yeah. No one's going to allow you to get yeah. four scores back. Yeah. No one's going to. Yeah. You know, like that's how often you see, like um, I watched uh, Kyotera. Mm. Um, uh, cornering Michael Musumeki mm-hmm. against uh, Xiao Miao in the World Nogi final. Paolo was sweeping, getting two points. Musumeki was sweeping back, getting two. Um, but Kyle was then going, okay, Mikey, I want you to attack the foot now and get your advantage. For every score Xiao was getting, Musumeki was getting two. Where there's an advantage and two points, 
or whatever. He was just getting the scoreboard up in his mm. favor. So if you get if you pass my guard, if you take me down, pass my guard, take my back. In my opinion, um, and you could look at stats. I'm pretty sure of the world how many times we'll come back from being down on score. Yeah, usually first score wins. Yeah, I'm almost positive that like 90 percent of the matches, the first kind of score wins the match. Yes, no, I, I almost certainly because. Generally, the, pers- the first person who scores, generally, they're going to be the first person who scores because they're the better person. Yes. And generally, the better person wins. And they can sh- but they can shut up shop. Yeah. You, know, you, you, you can shut up shop once, yeah. you, once you get, once this you get is, the score. This you know? is, so this is something that I um, really try and hammer into my students, which is I do not teach anyone. I do not teach a style of jiu-jitsu um, that works the best for jiu-jitsu competitions because i do you know and i'm talking there are people who would um who are very very good at playing playing jiu-jitsu the game playing the fucking game the game is important the game is important if you want to win trophy you know want to win tournaments it legitimately is if you want to be a world champion you better be good at playing the game yes i'm getting better at it but i'm still not there the problem with i have is i don't like the game i don't like the game i don't like the game and i am not as willing to sacrifice what I like and don't like to win those medals, if you know what I mean, which is why I enjoy doing the sub only stuff. And so the, do you you prefer sub only? I I prefer sub only because I don't feel like I'm going to be. Well, I don't feel like I'm going to be beating a guy or being more aggressive and then still losing. But that happens in sub only anyway with stuff like EBI. So yeah, I would say that I do. Um, okay. I'm I, I'm getting a little bit better at the the points thing, but I used to be really bad. Yeah, yeah. But I just I believe that jujitsu is about submissions, so I cannot teach one of my students I want you to take them down and not get submitted and win by two points you know I just can't bring I, myself to teach someone that but I there are gyms to. out there there I, are gyms out there that will teach it I would yeah yeah because because I think like um, say you want the submission you know like your first goal has to be at the takedown as if you get taken down you're already one step closer to being submitted than actually getting the submission yourself yeah so then your second goal is sweep or pass depending on where you land you know, so that's what we do. Loads and loads of King of the Hill first goal because mm. obviously first goal is crucial. It, it's it, you have to try and get the first goal on the board um, because when you get the first goal, everything's in your favour. You have to push harder to try and get your score back, which could end up in a mistake, which yeah. gives me the sub. Yeah, you know, um, and equally, I think at the high, at the lower level, like a purple belt, um, it's a lot more forgiving. Yeah, yeah. a purple belt. I used to think, man, I used to, I won like a few matches like by some cricket scores, you know, like twenty nils. Yeah. And I came off and I was so happy. Yeah. And after like the third time, I was like, hold on. Why am I not submitting this guy? Yeah. If you were 20 points on the board. You are so much many, better than them. How many dominant positions were you in? Yeah. And still not managed to submit this person? Yeah. So I started to frustrate myself then. And I was like, no, you have to submit the guy then. If you get that far ahead. Mm. So I always think three scores, sub. You yeah. get three scores ahead and you okay. sub. 100%. That's any three. So that's like. Yeah, yeah. Any three. yeah. Well. Do you know not, not, not three advantages. No, no, no. Three, no. three points. Three, 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 three points scored. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, so like, you know, in his three sweeps, six points. Yeah. Because that's a huge margin. Yeah, because chances are you actually just pass and get a mount. Yeah. Because if you pass, I'm four. It's still six three. You have to get a mount. How dumb would I have to be to let you just get mount? Yeah. For fun, you mm. know. So that's why I always think is get get three scores ahead, then then start attacking. Or like I've cornered some guys that are up thirty nil, mm. and I'm like. Stop fucking holding the back. Like, yeah. get just get off. Yeah. Just go for something. Just attack an armbar. Yeah. I don't care at this point. Yeah. It, you know, if you're 30 nil up, this guy is not gonna get up, pass your guard, take your back to me. 
That's not going to happen. So you may as you well know what? just go for it. I agree with you, but I've seen some crazy shit. Oh, you know, man, I think every time it happens, you're like, you know, oh, you know fuck. what? The, the lower level you're talking about, the more chance of the big upset happening. You know, the, the more opportunity. I have yeah. seen people loot, you know, down 20 points and catching a fucking yes. sub with five seconds to go. I have also seen that. Yeah, yeah. At Black Belt, that shit doesn't happen. Well, that's what, but the lower level, yeah. the prestige is, uh, yeah. it sounds really harsh, right? But like, you win White Belt Hereford. Yeah. Awesome. Okay, yeah. cool. But in six months' time, who actually gives a fuck? Yeah. And that, that's the that's truth. That's like, I think when, when, you, when you win small tournaments um, uh, at low belts, it's a very much a personal achievement. 100%. And you've just got to see them for what they are. Yeah. So, like, like my goal was always, always, like, obviously to be a black belt. Yeah. And then when I become, like, a purple brown, I was thinking, man, actually, I could compete. Yeah. I'm do well. I started competing. I was doing okay. And then I carried on doing that. The higher up I went, the more I realized those cricket scores ain't happening. Mm. The more I'm going to have to go, like, and ask get two points and mm. sometimes ride this match out. Yeah. You know, so I think every personal, uh, everyone's personal uh, situation changes and scenario yeah. uh, changes. And that's what's important. So, like, the way that I teach is it used to be that I don't give a fuck about the points. I just want to teach people how to get submissions. But, and, and my overall ideology is still the same i'm okay. still teaching submission grappling yeah and when i teach in i have like you know really trying to push my competition team at the moment and the guys are doing well and i want them to be submission artists right yeah, yeah here's yeah, the yeah. thing the difference in being two points down to two points up to yes. nil nil completely changes the dynamics of the of, of the fight yes it does because if you are nil-nil, you have the give, you have the get, he has the give, he has the get. You've got the same incentive. Yeah. 100%. As soon as you go two points down, yes. he can shut shit down. It yes. is a different fight. 100%. If, if you ran through a simulation, the same fight over and over and over again, it would look pretty similar 10 times. Now you run the same fight 10 times, but one person has two points up. It looks completely yeah. different. So I do a lot of drills in my, in, in the Norway classes yeah. for this. Like, so I'll do uh, this week, for example, we've been doing a lot of wrestling drills. Yeah. So we'll do uh, we do a lot of loser stays in, which sounds brutal, but the loser, you have to earn your way out yeah. to rest. Yeah. But the loser doesn't have to um, push the pace. Okay. The loser can assume that he's up on the score. Okay. He can take his time. Okay. He can just try to get a score whenever he wants to, then get out. Yeah. The person coming in always has to imagine there's 20 seconds left on the clock and they have to score to win. So obviously both people have got the opportunity to actually get out. Yeah. This guy's a bit more tired, but this guy's a bit more desperate. Yeah. So some of the scrambles we've been seeing this week are absolutely Crazy. insane. Yeah. You know, because the mindset of each person... Uh, makes it crazy you know mm. like you're getting like crazy guillotine attempts like crazy uh, reversals because you have to shoot so hard because you've only got like 15 seconds to score yeah you know so I love those type of drills where you um, you try to change the person's mindset yeah uh, because it, it, when you put them out of their comfort zone or like super into their comfort zone yeah both both situations can actually make a person worse or better yeah you know because if you say to someone oh you're two scores ahead their jiu-jitsu could literally look terrible yeah. because they just don't give a shit anymore. Yeah. They yeah. know they've won. Yeah. You know, so like I'll do a lot of, uh, when I do winner stays in, mm-hmm. um, like it's a really big mistake on my part, which mm-hmm. I do. I'll go across class and say like, um, I can take four guys down with quite ease. When they come to me, I'll take them down. 
when Tottenham comes out, it was tough to take down. I'll pull guard. Mm. Because my guard's very tough to pass. Mm. So I'll sweep them. Mm. But in my mind, I'm trying to win the drill. Mm. I'm not trying to... That's a loss. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. It, isn't, it shouldn't be the way. But when I'm getting tired, mm. I'm like, man, I don't want to wrestle this fresh guy. Mm. I'd rather pull guard and get a score mm. and win the drill. And then that's a bad mindset. Yeah. Because I should go, no, man, I've got to pick this place up now and I've got to take this guy down. Yeah. You know? I think every time you go to class, that changes. Yeah. You know, because, uh, you know, like the scoring system, I do loads of drills where I get guys sparring hard, um, like comp- competition sparring. I walk around and any point, I point a, a pen, I say, stop. Both people have to tell me the score. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think it's very important, yeah. If they disagree, I'll sit there and ask them why. Yeah. You know, I'll be like, oh, wh- wh- why do you think the score is this? Why do you think it's this? Uh-huh. And we'll chat about it. Yeah. If you want to compete in Jiu-Jitsu... You need uh, to know that shit back to front. You've got to know the yeah. rule set. Imagine playing rugby... You didn't I'm know not how many knowing the rules. One of those things where you can't. Imagine it over not that. knowing the fucking. You can't pass forward. Yeah. Walking yeah, on a yeah, pitch, yeah. like, hey, yeah. like, you look like a bell end. Yeah. You know? So I, I honestly believe that, like, so many guys do jujitsu tournaments because it's such a hobbyist sport. Yeah. And they don't even know the rules. Yeah. And then, but then the sub grapple, the sub grapple over the point scoring um, is such a crazy debate. Mm. I love both for different reasons and I hate both for different reasons. Go on, shoot. Sub grappling can be equally as boring as points. Everyone says, oh, it's, the, the, you get two points, you stall. The thing is with sub only is um, in principle it works, but you need the right people doing it. I, the match makes a sub only. The two people, not the style. I do not, I do not like the idea of sub only tournaments or EBI style jiu-jitsu tournaments right. because you have no control of the, over the matchmaking. So if the idea is yes, to give yes, a yes. exciting tournament, so you, just think you can't fights, guarantee yeah? it. Yeah. So super fights or well-matched, you know, well-matched, you know, it, I, th- I think, look, I think that sub only with no time limits yep. is the purest form of grappling. Uh, yeah, okay. With no time limits. Not, not EBI rules. No, lots of people say, oh, jiu-jitsu, no time, sub only yes. is the purest form. Yeah. I hate that. Do you, do, you, do you disagree that it's the purest form or you just don't like it? Uh, I... I I used to th- I used to think it was the purest form. Go on. I think someone because everyone do you know the concept of like oh jujitsu works against everybody of all shapes sizes blah blah blah. Yeah. That is under the, the under the premise that you may be small against a bigger guy who has not done jujitsu. As as more and more people are doing jujitsu, if you take two black belts who are kind of equally matched in skill, yeah. Uh, you know myself and you could be a good example. Uh huh. You know. Who's going to win in a sub-only match for me and you? No time limit. I'm going to say I am. I'm going to say you are as well. Okay. 100%. 100% I'm going to say you are. I don't you know? Know, yeah, go on. No, but but yeah. as every single second the clicks ticks on that clock, yeah. my chances are going worse. I don't know. My cardio is pretty bad. But you could just lay there. <laughs> <laughs> you know? But that, that's, that's why I feel I there's a problem mean, with yeah. that time limit, like but, time but, limit less match. But, but if the people were the same way? People the same way, I think, is a great, great way to, to determine. Yeah, but, that's what I'm talking about, kind of yeah. the same way, yeah. You know, like, I think, well, some people talk about that, they just go, oh, anyone against anyone. Like, you are fucking mental. Like, what? Well, I don't want to do a sub only match against a 100 kilo guy. You know what? I'm not sure I agree. And, and, and the thing was, if you go back to kind of the origin of Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, and yeah, you're yeah, talking yeah, about yeah. kind of the Valley Tudo matches, there would always be, there would be, there'd be no weight divisions, and there'd be like, usually a small Gracie against some fucking giant dude. A hundred percent, yes. And they would use their, and, and I, 
I do agree with you, which is if the skill level is the same, the yes. advantage goes to the bigger person. Yes. But if the smaller person is better, over a longer period of time, you can negate the physical attributes of the larger person more. You know? I, yes. I, I can tell that you believe that I could last longer against you because I have more power and therefore every movement I do, I require less power than you do to create the same energy. Yeah? Yeah, literally, you know, something simple as like you pinning my hand to yeah. the floor yeah. than me pinning your wrist. Yeah, yeah. Floor, so I mean. you, for, like, you're going to have to use 100% of your energy to pin my wrist. I'm going to have to use 10% of my energy to pin your, or something like that. 100%. The thing is, and you realize when you get to, to sort of my weight, it takes a lot of energy to, 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 to keep me running. Yes. You know? Yeah, big it keeps, it keeps It takes a lot of energy for me to, um, for me to, to, to stand up, bend over, for me to move around, for me to yeah. uh, exert force, for me to be squeezing for long periods of time, the amount of oxygen that I need to get around my body is a lot more than you. I believe that if we were to have a no time limit fight, I believe that within a couple of minutes, so I believe with up to the sort of six to 10 minute mark, I'm going to have an advantage because of my size. That middle period of time. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. I totally but, agree. When we start getting towards the hour, two, three, if it goes that long, I believe that for every minute that goes past over when you go into kind of crazy long times, crazy times, yeah, you actually have the advantage, which is you are going to start recovering. Yep. Your, your rate of recovery is going to start to be, is going to be more than mine. So you're going to be able to recover more in periods of no movement than I am. Yes, yes, and yes. therefore kind of negate my sights over a longer distance. And that's sort of the principle that a lot of the graces used back in the day, which is you're going to be big and strong. You're going to come out hard. And I'm going to just try and I'm going to be conservative, be efficient sure. with my jujitsu. And over a long enough period of time, we're going to now be physically equal and my skill is going to prevail. Okay. So I have two questions okay. about to you. Yeah. I like, can't argue. First of all, if the world championships, the black belt world championships, change their yeah. format mm. to sub on, to no time limit sub only, do you still think the same person would win? Because I do. Uh-huh. I, the same like top three would still be the top three. And like, therefore, is the is IBJJF an equal representation of your jiu-jitsu skill as a sub only would? Because you could argue that if you say that the same but, people would, but they're not win, doing points; they're just doing. Y- they're just grappling for like time limit less yeah. till the sub. So like if you're saying that if I say that um, no time limit sub only is is the purest form and therefore can give you the the re- the result of which would give you the purest grappler, you know the yes. best pure grappler. If you're saying that the IBJJF um, podium would look the same regardless of which point system they use, whether it was sub only yes. no time limit or IBJJF, That's therefore think, yeah. therefore IBJJF with time limits is technically just as a, much a tournament of the purest grappling. Yes, that that's is, what you believe. That is what I'm saying, yeah. Because if you took Rafael Mendes against Buchecha and put them time limitless in a gi, I still think Buchecha like taps him fast. I think he will tap me. Yeah, yeah, I do as well. And that's that's what I'm trying to say. Is that mm. like I think like I I, I, I do know your argument is actually one of the best ones I've seen for it. Mm. Is, is coming from a bigger guy's perspective. Yeah. Um, but like, do the meows. Mm. I don't know what your opinion on them is. I think they're fantastic. They're fucking. They're they're they're, they're out they're, of this world. But they're mental, yeah. As yeah. In, they're, they're crazy people. Hundred percent. Like, have you seen some of the footlocks they get in? Yeah. Like that is an anomaly. Yeah. That is not normal. As in, so the Mia brothers are not normal humans. So why? End what, of question. Yeah. As in, why? Why are all the absolutes being won? Yeah. 
by the bigger guys. Yeah. No. Well, I think. When, I think if you change as a sub only, will that change? I don't think it will. No. No. I, I, and, and you know what? It, it, that, that's a very good question. And you know, the question is, do I believe under different rules there would be different results? I'm, I'm, my honest answer is I really don't know. No, no one can. What, what, I, what I do know is that I believe that a no time limit sub only, if I have two grapplers yep. and I want a conclusive yes. who will win in a grappling match, yep. that when you go in, it's not like one... Because the thing is, sometimes you go... I do believe that in the world champions, the best guy doesn't always win. Okay. You know, yeah, 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 yeah. I yeah. think that sometimes the less skilled grappler with a better understanding of the rules, Other rules or someone yeah, yeah, yeah. Who, who's got even got better cardio or someone's been doing a little bit more, you know, whatever reason, or totally there's a agree. small slip up. Yeah. The, the margins are so fine at that level. I don't believe that the best person always wins. I believe that when you take points out of it and you take time limits out of it, you are going to have a, you know, someone's getting submitted. Okay, so let's you know? take... Uh, did you watch uh, Keelan against Gordon Ryan? The yeah. Whole, did you watch the whole thing? Well, you know what? I, I, I didn't watch the whole thing. I watched it on and off when it was... Because it, it... I watched the whole thing. Really? The whole All thing. 90 minutes? 100%. Really? The whole 90 minutes. And... That was shit. It was shit. It was terrible. See, and that's that's the sort of stuff that makes me go, I actually don't like this. <laughs> that's my second argument for sub grappling. Yeah, is the yeah. fact that Gordon Ryan only wanted to win that match. Yeah. In the sense of, he exerted no energy when he didn't have to. Yeah. Um, I use this example in my class quite a lot. Say, um, oh, do you know the Michael Venom Page, the striker? Yes. He had uh, an MMA fight against another guy. I can't remember his name, but he was also a counter-striker. Yeah. And it was crap. It was crap. It was his last fight, right? Yeah. Yeah. So two counter-strikers yes. make for a terrible match. Yeah. What happens if Keenan went into that match and tried with to play the same, same mindset of going, Good. I'm not going to exert any energy, I don't have to? Would Gordon have, would Gordon have won? Would, that, would we have done anything yeah. different? Yeah. Would they both just sat there looking at each other? Yeah. And, and that's one of the reasons why I don't like the time limitless match because sometimes yeah. someone just goes, well, do you know what? I, I got like this one attack that I love and I am just going to wait and wait and wait. And then when I can get it, I can get it. If I don't, I don't. I won't do anything else, is it, anything else differently. So is it not won by the most purest grappler? Is it won by the most patient grappler? That's what I believe sometimes. Mm. Most athletic grappler, most patient. Um, yeah, I think you're right. So, okay. Okay. I love both, right? I love, I love all types of grappling. Well, I, th- I think that when you, when, you get to, when you get a guy like Gordon Ryan who isn't willing to engage, who, just want, who is incredibly patient, just wants to win, yes. and you have someone else who isn't, crazy aggressive with it then you're going to end up with a boring long fight so, like that uh, so, so the answer yeah go on I was going to ask you quickly well, how do you think and obviously I think I know what you're going to say anyway yeah. how do you think you against AJ yeah would have differed or would have result what would the result have been if that was time limitless it's a good question, man. It's a very good question. Um, and, 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 and I guess the real question is, would it have been as exciting and entertaining as it was? That's exactly my point. And you two would not have done anywhere near the amount that you did no. in that match if it was time limitless. Correct. And everyone... Uh, as in, and it would, have been, it would have been shit. Everyone, said, it would have, everyone yeah. raves about, you know, it was one of the most exciting matches. Yeah. As an actual jiu-jitsu competitor, mm. I didn't find that match as exciting as I thought it was going to. Mm. Because 
I thought the, the actual amount of jujitsu wasn't that much. Was limited, yeah. Yes. The showmanship and like the explosive yeah. stuff was fantastic. Yeah. And apparently, if you were in the arena, man, it was amazing. Yeah, it was good. It was great, though, yeah. Yeah, yeah. With yeah. uh, you know, massive respect, ages are very Oh, yeah, yeah, no, totally. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, I, see, I know exactly what you mean. You know, um, the problem that we had is that, uh, well, the problem that I felt there was is that AJ wasn't really willing to engage in any sort of grappling. No. But yeah, he wasn't on your terms. Yeah. And, and I wasn't on, on his, his terms. I didn't want to wrestle, yeah. He don't, yes, exactly. Because it would have been a waste of my energy. Precisely. Yeah. And, that's and he didn't want to grapple. Yes. Because yeah. he wanted to wrestle into a position yes. that was dominant for him. And he couldn't get into it. Because you were allowing him to take yeah. you down. Yeah. So you could have guard, which was yeah. good for you. Yeah. And that's why when I was watching it, people were like, man, this is so exciting. Why are you, why are you like getting more into it? Mm. And I was like, well, I can see tactically what these both, both these guys are trying mm. to do. And I know this time that match is going to finish 10 minutes. Mm. It, 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 there's not going to be a sub. There's not going to be mm. more or less than what we've seen in the first two minutes, the last two minutes. Sure. And that, that's, like, you know, I watch a lot. I do watch some grappling. And, yeah. like, I try to watch different styles. Um, and I think everyone's got its merit and yeah. everyone's got its downfall. Okay, so I totally, I totally get what you're coming from. Um, question to, for you is uh, if you had to build the perfect, you know, because yeah, yeah. I think, and I've said this before, and obviously, you know, I think that both of us are, you know, us having this discussion are two of the most qualified people in the UK that have this because there's only three or four of us in the UK who fought an EBI, and both of us have. Everyone is taking the EBI format. Yes. And they've said, this is the best format no, for jiu-jitsu. Not at all. I don't believe it is in any way. I, I don't. Remotely so my question for you is, if you had, I don't know whether you've thought about it. I have, yeah. yeah. So tell me what you come up with. My, my two, I think the two best scenarios, the two best um, competitive situations that I've competed under the rule set. One, ref decision. Sounds ludicrous. Um, but if you get like, same as MMA, like if you've got, if you've just got three judges yeah. and they all just scored the match. Yeah. At the end of the day, it don't matter who your teammate is, who you know, who this guy, who's that guy is. Um, you know, the most exciting grappler is the most exciting grappler. Yeah. Off submission. The, the biggest downfall for IB Jeff scoring system. Yeah. Why do they not reward sub attempts? Yeah. If they give points for sub attempts, I say IBF's not far off. No. You know, um, and my second favorite rule set was actually um, uh, um, the UAE JJF rules because they shorten the time. Yeah, I think ten minutes is too long. Ten minutes is a very long match. Yeah, it can cause a very boring jiu-jitsu. Yeah, short time gives you you know or shorter time like two five minute rounds would be better than one ten. Yeah, for sure because one ten is boring. Yeah, so I think, but I honestly believe three refs and just saying like at the end of the day most subs. On dominant position wins. Yeah. Because, you know, in the match with Gordon and Keenan, Keenan got to more dominant positions. Yeah. But Gordon won the match. Mm. If that stopped at any point previous to that sub, Keenan was winning. Yeah. In my opinion. Yeah. He was aggressive, he was going forward, he was attacking. The only problem with ref decisions, same as in MMA or anything else, is it's an opinionated. Mm. You know, it's, it is opinionated, isn't it? You know, which is why I think they put, they put points in. Mm. Basically, took people's op- opinions. And went, yeah, a pass is yeah. pretty hard to do. You try, you try, and, you try and turn in something subjective into something objective. Precisely. But the pro- the problem you have as soon as you have something object, uh, as soon as you have something, you know, quantifiable. Yes. You can play to that. You can play the game. 
Yes. You know, so so for example, I think that um, if I was to ever create a point system, which I would do at one point, I want to have a play around. I want to run a tournament using, yeah. you know, I want to run a sub only tournament. I want to run a, run, a, run a tournament that uses a different point system. And the point system, uh, do, you, do you remember the boot, uh, Hicks and Gracie's Budo Challenge? Uh, no. He ran, he ran like a little while ago. Okay. Um, you know, it's one of these things it was about. And uh, one of the big things with that is that he would score um, points for submissions. Kind of the most. That's so, great. so that, for example, you know, if I just throw out some random numbers and you go, you score one point for a takedown, you score uh, one point for mount, you score one point for back, you score one point for a sub attempt, you score three points for what he would call a catch, which is a sub that looks like it's almost fucking on. You know, that yeah, yeah. sub that you're wincing at, like, oh shit, oh shit, and then yes, they get yes, out yes. of that. That's three points. How does that? How does that fight look? Well, you can take my, you can pass, take me down, pass my, pass my guard, take the back. The sort of stuff that you'd say, well, at that point, you've already checked out. Or if you're if you're on the receiving end of that, you're already thinking about, oh, fuck, you know. Pack or Exactly, uh, you know. Um, at that point, that is not even worth, that is worth the same as throwing up one armbar attempt that yes. was properly deep. Yes. But then, but then what happens with that? You know, I believe that that is a rule set I would like to experiment with and I would like to see. I believe that it could create very exciting fights, but with anything with their points you have people who can take advantage. So yes, you, you can, can have yeah. someone out there who doesn't have the ability to finish a single submission, but can throw them on from every single position. I was just going to say, yeah. you've obviously fought a Naga. Yeah. I fought a Naga. Yeah. How did you win your Naga? I won every fight by sub. Okay. So that's why I've taught a totally different to you. Yeah. I don't, I'm going to be straight with you. I don't know the points of Naga. Okay. Well, I know, I don't know them all, but I know roughly the, the points. So I've fought in, I think nine Nagas and I'm yet to lose. Nine. Them. Yeah, nine. Fuck. And I'm yet I to, fought him one. <laughs> I'm, I'm yet to lose a match. Okay. Uh, yeah, fucking I, I, I got like six, seven bouts or something, you know? Like, wow. Um, but every time I went, I was just getting better at the rule system. Sure. So you get one point for attacking a sub in Naga, right? Yeah. So again, going back, like back, I just thought, like, so this guy attacks my foot. Yeah. What should I do? I just attack his foot. I'll get my one, he gets his one. We're still even. I pass. I'm three up now. I was going 50 50. Attack the foot again. I'm not getting it. I'll just attack it though. I'll untie. I'll pass. I'll attack the foot. So I mean, like, and, and every time I just looked, I just look on the scoreboard the whole time. Yeah. I won most of my matches just purely based on the score mm. because the matches weren't too long. Yeah. My card wasn't going to give up, and I was like, I, I want to win the match. Yeah. At the end of the day, you know, like, um, for example, I believe Marcel Andrea beat. Javier Mendes sure. last year in the world. Yeah. Those two advantages at the end. Yeah. Far too quick for my yeah, yeah. You know? But it was just Javier Mendes, wasn't it? Yeah. You know? Um, but I, th- I think he won the match. Yeah. But at the end of the day, no one is going to say Marcel Andre is the greatest. No. Because Javier Mendes won the match. Yeah. It doesn't matter. So that's why in Naga, it doesn't People's matter how I won. Yeah. Exactly. It doesn't matter how I won. You know, you win by all subs for, yeah. it was for the European one, yeah? Yeah. I won the European one. Uh, I think I submitted one guy, mm-hmm. won three matches on points. We, we still got the same belt. Precisely. That's that exactly my point. That's my point. You we know? still got the same belt, yeah. So sometimes when you give points for subs, it's so difficult to mm. quantify what is a good sub, what is yeah. a bad sub. Yeah, it is hard. And that's what, in Naga, they gave one for like a sub attempt yeah. and two for a good sub attempt. Yeah. Some of their versions of good and bad sub attempts. It, it ludicrous. Unless, you know, there'll be one like, oh, they've got the armbar and looks tight and then you say, oh, it chokes on and then... Once afterwards, you give the two points and the guy turns around and goes, that shit wasn't even on my fucking throat. That was on my nose. He wasn't choking me. He was never going to put me out with that. It's very exactly. difficult. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's why I, I believe it's quite hard to quantify a, yeah. a sub. 
you know, so you can play the system then. Yeah. If once you get subs involved, you can play the system and just go, oh, I agree, man. Let's hold on to this, hold on to that, you yeah. know? Yeah, totally. But I, I do like all forms of jiu jitsu. Yeah. And I would compete actually under any rule set. Yeah. I'd be happy to, you know, like it wouldn't bother me any, any day of the week. If someone messed me saying, no, I'm going to compete in this rule set, I would just go, yeah, all right. I think, I think that is kind of what quantifies, if you want to go back to what we were talking about, what is the best pure grappler? The best pure grappler is the person who can win at every single yes. different way of grappling. Why you know? have the Dial Head Death Squad just got world titles upon yeah. world titles upon ADCC titles? Yeah. I believe that the purest form of grappling is the grappler that can win regardless of the rule set. I also agree. Yeah. Yes. um, The human game of chess aspect of jiu-jitsu is the biggest aspect that I love about it. Mm. That's why I enjoy it so much because you can get a physical workout and a mental workout all in one. Yeah. I've said, you know, like I could roll with you and we could have a great technical match. Yeah. I could roll with you and you could just go flipping all AJ match on me and just yeah. start going fucking mental throwing me around the place mm. I come off feeling physically beaten up mm. or I come off feeling mentally beaten yeah. up yeah. and I enjoy both those yeah. those parts of jiu-jitsu yeah. so when you go into a competition you are testing those two attributes yes. to the highest level you got to physically battle someone was always mentally knowing what's on the board yeah. and that's why I love it you know awesome. it's really good yeah I really like that dude I, um, I just looked at the time I've got a fucking seminar to get to soon, which I'm pissed about because I'm actually really enjoying chatting oh, okay. to you. Uh, so I might have to have you just back on because I really just enjoy. For sure, I, um, I feel like I'm totally on the same. Uh, so you're you're in. You know, we, we've got a couple more minutes. Um, you're here for the UFC, right? Yeah, I am. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're going to watch it tomorrow night. Uh, yeah, I'll be calling uh, Brett Jones. Yeah, I'll be in this corner. Yeah, yeah. Uh, was it? Was it? Was he the first Welshman in the in the UFC? So he was the second Welshman to get signed. Jack yeah. Marshman got signed a few weeks before him. But he was the first uh, one to was, fight. He was the first one to f- actually awesome. physically fight in the cage. Awesome. You know? Have you been to UFC before? Uh, I went. To, I cornered him in Belfast uh-huh. uh, a few months back. What's it like? Um, it's they, they are really good. Like yeah. they're super professional. Like. Um, you know, like same as we talk about jujitsu. You know, if jujitsu wants to become like professional and stuff like that, you know, yeah. mainstream, yeah. Uh, it's got a long way to go. Because well, the, the UAE are doing the closest for it. Man, they to it. they are fantastic. Yeah, and I actually wanted to go to the pro this yeah. this year. Um, tomorrow, right? Uh, is a grand slam. Tomorrow. The grand slam. Tomorrow, yeah. you know, I went oh, the, 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 in the, Abu Dhabi. The pro, you know. Yeah. Uh, but the funds were a bit bit short this year. Sure. Um, so I've heard it's amazing but the grand slam I fought last year man it was unbelievable yeah because I just went I was in Dubai over Christmas and I went to watch uh, the grand slam that was in Abu Dhabi such a great format it is cool such a yeah. great format yeah. yeah so the, the UFC is like that, like, like, you know like everything mm. like, everything's on cue they, they're on time all mm. the time you know, everything's running smooth they get you from A to B they set you up you know everything's perfect um, I think the atmosphere could be a bit better sometimes in the venue really um, yeah but especially earlier on Yes, yeah. that's the thing. Like, I don't get about like local MMA shows are the worst. Yeah, people buy twenty five pound a ticket. Yeah, and they show up for the last couple of fights. Come watch their mate, and then fuck off. First fight or last yeah, fight? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Watch them for two minutes, and then fuck off. And you're yeah. like, oh Support man, the like yeah, there's, yeah, yeah. there's so much left yeah. to watch, you know. So like when I watched CBI, you know, like I I watched um I watched the whole CBI you were on. Yeah, I watched all the matches. Yeah. You know? I watched all the guys. Yeah. I watched through, you know, um just to see what was who's on the circuit, who's on mm. what, you know, um. So the UFC is brilliant. Uh, it's really good. Uh, do, you, do you always watch the EBIs? No. No. Crazy. I had not watched EBI. Um, until you fought? Until I knew I was on one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I hadn't. Yeah. Yeah. Me neither. Because um, <laughs> what we should do sometime, because one of the things I want to do is to kind of start doing some fight companions. 
I should have you down sometime for one of like a, an EBI or something like that and we'll just fucking stick it on a TV here yeah, and yeah. we'll just chat whilst watching it yeah for sure cool. man yeah yeah, yeah I'll yeah. be fair um, yeah. hey, hey man I, I come to learn quite, quite a lot to fly yeah. on that so obviously I'm, I'm, I'm music accessible and awesome, uh, I had a great time so yeah yeah, yeah. no I really enjoy it. I'm, I'm like looking at the time like holy shit you know and it's like Friday afternoon so like I've got to leave like three times as long as it should take me to get there to make sure I get there in time I get very anxious about being late to seminars where are you teaching Northampton okay yeah. I'm a bit more laid back I am what's that I'm a bit more laid back I yeah you want to be as un uh, well not to mention any people, any races there. <laughs> I want to make sure I get to, to, to seminars on time. How are you, uh, are you start finish time pretty good though? Uh, no, always overrun. <laughs> yeah, finish time, man. There's no such thing. No such thing. Do you, do you, the, the problem that I have is, um, is uh, so I, I kind of came up with the seminar, you know, so I'm doing this Butterfly Guard seminar and I came up with it, all the techniques. The first one I did was like three hours so I could teach you the techniques. I've got, I've got most of them are three hours. Some of them are two and a half hours. Some of them are two hours. Yes. There's a little bit I can shave off, but not that much. Yes. But I won't not teach. So if I do it, I can't do the seminar in two hours is the answer. I can't do it in two hours. Yes. So like the people who are getting me for a two hour seminar, it's not going to be two hours because I will not, I ha, you know, I, I have to, I have to teach all the techniques. No, I agree. The, the yeah, seminar, agree. you know, I'm not going to compromise the quality of what I'm showing uh, to, to, to give you 90 three percent of the stuff that i wanted to show today just to finish on time the problem so. as well you lose that seven percent you actually lose like some of that shit along the way it, as it's well. massive you know, yeah you, you exactly because everything things. kind of the way that i build the seminar is that everything comes together right at the end i do that as well yeah, yeah, yeah so yeah. so um so yeah I, I always overrun so the people with two and a half hour seminars work three hours just means i can spend a little bit more time people can spend pretty much they're pretty much the exact same seminar but they can just spend a bit more time on each technique uh but yeah do i need you do to q a um, I love doing Q&A is my favorite thing about it with like some of the ones that I run over they're like oh, they're already looking at their watch and wanting to go home so um, sometimes I can't but uh, we got three hours tonight so hopefully I can finish a little bit earlier and um, and I can awesome. do some Q&As after but yeah I've got today tomorrow and Sunday so I think yeah, they're sure. all I think they're all three hours so uh, it's oh, going to be a little bit more laid back enjoy your weekend and cheers be, man do you want anything like I really appreciate you coming I actually had like a really 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 enjoyed chatting to you because cool. i think we're very we, we, we're really on the same we took the same path in one way but then very different in other ways yes, we did. very yeah, different yeah, yeah, yeah. so it's really cool to chat to you about that uh any final thoughts you want to say any words i always ask any words of advice you want to give out to anyone listening uh no just that the same i say in belfast i say it all the time in my classes if you're not on the mat to have fun yep do not be there 100 percent. you will not you don't take an information the same you don't do anything the same when you're not enjoying yeah jiu-jitsu is a confident sport yeah I think it's, it, you feel better when you yeah. win in yeah. which sounds ridiculous but you do it's a confident sport yeah the best thing about confidence is it's fun yeah and that, that's that's all i tell people yeah i think like yeah totally i think one of the best pieces of advice that you can give off of that is if you you don't do jiu-jitsu unless you like it unless you enjoy it not and if you're not enjoying it but you still want to do jiu-jitsu find a way to enjoy it that i always tell people if you stop enjoying jiu-jitsu stop trying what you're currently trying to do find a way to yeah. enjoy it let's just go man i'll just start trying flying triangles for next yeah. month it can be like i'm Who gonna cares? start rolling lighter i'm not gonna worry about competing or maybe i am gonna compete maybe i'm gonna train two times a week instead of five times a week yes. maybe i'm gonna come to the no gi instead of the gi just find yeah. a if you if you still want to do jujitsu and you're not enjoying it find a way to enjoy it because I if you totally if you're totally not enjoying it it's so not gonna much. work 
Awesome, man. I really appreciate you coming down. I'd love to have you back again. And good luck to Brett and uh, enjoy yourself tomorrow. I'll be watching on TV. Thanks a lot. And uh, nice one, buddy. It's good to have you on. Cheers, Dan.